Blog Talk Radio. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Uh, Revelation. <coughs> Revelation. Hallelujah. The last chapter of Revelation. Oh, actually, 21. Revelation 21, which is not the last chapter. It's the chapter before the last. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There were there were things that I did not share in the uh, Sunday uh, or Saturday revelation of face to face with Jesus, and I'm going to call this face to face with Jesus part two. Praise the Lord, because there were things I did not share which uh, it don't pertain to me to hold it back, but just to, to share them things that I saw in heaven. Praise the Lord that I that I know it will be a blessing and an encouragement to an encouragement to God's people because we are in the last day. Jesus is about to return for his bride and we want to be ready. Thank you, Lord, for the coming of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I hope I'm able to explain everything as I was uh, in prayer with the Lord and everything was so clear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to God. Let me go into prayer. Mighty Jesus, mighty Lord, please bless your people through this uh, teaching, Lord. Let your word be a blessing to the life, Lord Jesus. Let this word awaken the sleeper, Lord, from the sleep to seek more of you, Lord, to be hungry more for you, Lord Jesus, to have to, to seek you more and have more of your presence, Lord, in these last days. The day will be hungry, Lord. To seek you, Lord, through fasting and prayer, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Revelation chapter 22, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 21. Revelation 20, 21 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there were no more sea. Praise the Lord. Again, I want to take these verses and explain them to help people understand uh, uh, God's message to us in these last days. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Jesus began creation. God began creation in the beginning, brothers and sisters, and God is going to end it. That's why when Jesus came to, to, to the church in the last day, in the last of the church, from the primitive church. He says, I am the Alpha, because most of the church were, were together by Hebrew speaking. I am the Alpha. I'm sorry, by Greek, by Greek. I mean the Alpha and the Omega. I began everything, and I'm going to end it, in other words. He began creation, and he is going to end creation. Thank you, Lord. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, says John, because the plan of God is to create everything new. And this last uh, Friday morning revelation of face to face with Jesus, the first thing Jesus did was take me to heaven. And in heaven, I began to see that beautiful city, the, the, the New Jerusalem. I was, I was like in the western part of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. There are different gates, I believe there are 12 of them, gate in that city that always are open, the Bible says. We're going to read all that. Praise the Lord. And I was in one of those gates when I was taken to heaven. I immediately began to walk away from that new Jerusalem. God wanted me to see it, but I thought it was not worth it to be in there. 
I was not inside, but I was next to one of the entrance. And I immediately, uh, the way out of Jerusalem, out of that city, I began to walk away. Because I, I began to realize that, praise the Lord, I began to realize, I'm sorry for that, that I, I, I was not worthy to be in there. Praise the Lord. But I began to look at the city, and I remember seeing the city before. The city is square. Praise the Lord. The city is like a square. It, it's, it's beautiful. And one of the things I remember seeing the city golden. It was so golden, and it shined with Father God's presence. It shined so strong with God's presence that I could hardly see it. In most of all the details, because of the light, which is the light of Jesus, the light of God, is so strong in that city that even though I was looking at the city, the light was hitting my face so strong all over me. And I can, it was difficult for me to see all the details of the city, but I could see one of the gates, and it was wide open. One of the gates was wide open. And the gate looked so beautiful. Even the gate were golden, were beautiful. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And there were people coming out of that city, hallelujah, that were speaking to me. And they were speaking to me, and they, they, they were encouraging me to trust God. That's all. In heaven, the presence of God is everywhere. That's why this tremendous peace and joy there's not a bad day in heaven. It's absolutely no bad day. Every day is a good day in heaven. Oh, down here, when we have a good day, we celebrate it. Oh, I just had a wonderful day. When we receive good news, we say, oh, what a wonderful day I'm having. Amen. In heaven, every day, is, is, you're having a good day. Praise the Lord. And you want to have that. You want to have a beautiful day. You want to have a wonderful day. Verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, came down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride trimmed for the for her husband. Amen. The city is so uh, significant because I I John saw the new city come down from heaven, prepared as a bride trimmed for her husband. Trim, um, trim. Uh, trim is a, is a word of preparation. She was prepared. Because it first gives you the word prepare. You know? Uh, when you cut the grass, you trim it, right? Yeah. So you, 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 you give it the, the where it needs to be. You cleanse it. You prepare it. She is prepared. Why is she so significant is what the Lord was helping me understand in prayer earlier. It was because when God began the relation, his relationship with men in the garden, that was, that was the tabernacle of God on earth in the garden of Adam and Eve. God was there every day. That was God one-on-one -on -one with men in relationship. They can see God every day. In the cool of the morning, there was the Lord God Almighty, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having communion with Adam and Eve right early in the morning. That was the tabernacle of God with men. In the beginning, that's what men lost in the garden when men sinned. The tabernacle, the relationship they had with God, right from the beginning, God Himself was there. When I was taken to the garden a few weeks, a few months ago, 
I, the Father was there. I could not see the Father 100%, but I could see Jesus. The Holy Spirit was there, too. I saw him. I saw Sheriff that I heard so much in the writing of some brothers and sisters about the Sheriff in the garden. Yeah, there they were. It's in the Bible, too, that there was Sheriff in the garden. And praise the Lord, I saw this humongous, big, strong Sheriff with a sword in, 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 in his eyes. He was protecting the garden. Praise the Lord. And you might say, why did the garden need protection? Well, right now, the devil would like to get a hold of anything in the garden. But the sheriff got ordered to protect the garden. Praise the Lord. Praise God. They're not going to allow the devil to get anything out of that garden. He went there once when it was on earth. Now that it's in heaven, he is not allowed to go in it. The devil is not allowed to go back to heaven. He can talk to the Lord somewhere in the cloud, but not to heaven, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. They're not allowed back in there. Amen. But they will love to go back there and steal whatever they can. Amen. There's so much in the garden. The garden is a tabernacle of God with men. It, as, as it was in the beginning, it is still in heaven the same. I knew that in that holy city, the New Jerusalem, it's a tabernacle of God. It's right there, and that's where God dwells with man. We're going to read it in Revelation 21, 21. Also talks about the same thing. Go ahead, Brother Ben. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Amen. Why is a tabernacle that isn't that the tabernacle is in the New, New Jerusalem? It tells you clearly. Amen. John says, "See the new the new heaven and the new earth. For the first heaven and the first were passed away, and there was no more sea. In the new earth, God God is going to have that tabernacle there, and God is going to bring back to man." Through the new earth, new heaven, what was in the beginning of the Garden of Adam and Eve, what they lost, that one-on-one, -on -one, that tabernacle, that later on we see God tell Moses to make a tabernacle like the one shown to him in heaven, as he was showing the mountain. And then in that tabernacle, God was in there, brothers and sisters. The presence of God was there 24 hours. God means to be with men 24 hours, not just a few hours, minutes, when we feel his presence so strong and then it's gone. Because that's what happened on earth. When I was taken to heaven this Friday morning, in the moment I entered heaven, the presence of God was there. It was just there. It was strong. No matter where you go in heaven, the presence of God is there. It doesn't go away. It is there 24 hours. That's the brothers and sisters. That's the way it's going to be on earth again, in the new earth. Because then I, I was in prayer with the Lord earlier, and one of the things that I was the Lord was helping me to understand was after the Lord showed me the, the New Jerusalem again for a second time, and I could recognize it so clear. Then the Lord, in that same relationship, that same revelation, that same glory, He takes me to the millennium, the new earth. When I'm taken to the new earth, the presence of God is in the new earth also. Then I seen the man playing with the lion like a puppy. 
a grown lion. He was praying with him like a puppy, and the lion was had no desire to harm him at all. Brothers and sisters. And it was because the same Jesus said, Father, let thy will be done on earth. I said, it's in heaven. One of the Lord's prayer desire. One of the Lord's prayer. Because that's what Father God wants. That what is in heaven now, today, right now, at this moment, that tremendous peace, that tremendous joy. And it's not like you're going to be 24-hour hallelujah, praising God. You could if you want. Who's going to stop you from going worshiping God 24 hours if you want? If you say, God, God, I want to be in your throne worshiping you all day long. God said, all right, come. It's not like right now when, when you decide to pray so many hours or be in worship so many hours, someone will come to bother you, no matter who. Why? Because the devil, one way or another, has to stop you from being close with God. Because the more closer you are with God, the more people get saved. I rejoice for the people that are being saved through the Lord's Tower. But I even realize that more people can be saved. But we can only do so much. I can only do so much. I got a family to take care. If I dedicate myself 24 hours to just the Lord in the ministry, then I'll, I, I won't take care of my, my family. Praise the Lord. But in heaven, I will not have this situation. I can be for the Lord 24 hours if I want. And that time is coming, and that's what Jesus was showing me. Look, the time is coming when my people can enjoy my presence all the time. They don't, nothing can stop them. Nothing is, they're not going to be worried that the kid is outside getting hurt by a car no more. Because if they want to play all day long, they can play all day long. Here we have to worry that our kid may, if they're crossing the street, they may get hit by a car, or they may eat something from the floor that will make them sick. So we have to always keep an eye to them. So we cannot always be in prayer and in fasting and doing all the things we wish to be doing, brothers and sisters. And God understands us. The Lord understands us, brothers and sisters, how difficult it is for us with all these obligations that we have because they are obligations. Family, once, you got, once God gives it to you, it's an obligation. Now you have to take care of it the best you can, though. You're not going to walk away from God to take care of your family because a lot of people do that. God has given them a beautiful sons and daughter, a beautiful wife. And because everything is so beautiful, they dedicate their entire life to the wife and kid, and they forsake and seek in the Lord, spending time in the presence of the Lord. That is not of God. First of all, that is not of God. The devil will want you to do it. He'll be very happy if you do it. But that's not of God. Verse 4. Thank you, Lord. In verse 3, he says to God, and that God be with them. That's what God wants to do with us. Verse 4. And God should wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's one-on-one -on -one with God. He wants to wipe away. He wants to, hallelujah, drive from your face those tears that we have once in a while. We cry for so many different things. When we have a loved one die, we cry. There's so many reasons why we cry when we get hurt or anything. Brothers and sisters, when we see the situation on the earth right now where people are running desperate, like if God had moved from the throne, they have, they're finding it difficult to trust God. When that's supposed to be the easier things, it's being the, the most difficult thing. Why is this way? Because of the false teaching. That's why I recommend people, you don't go on YouTube and Facebook listening to everybody else teaching or, or prophecy or, or, you know, message. Because you get confused. There's a lot of people coming to me confused because they listen to someone else's message. Tell you that, when you take the time to send... You are also responsible for what you're doing. 
God shall wipe away from their eyes, tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. God knows how much we suffer when, when our loved ones die. Well, if, if, if the Lord doesn't come in our timing, we will also die. We don't want that to happen to us. I'm hoping I go home in the rapture as the Lord has shown me that we will, but death has become part of the natural things on this earth, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. So, so there should be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither there should be any more pain. Man, so much pain on this earth. Some people say, I feel my heart is about to break because of all the pain and suffering I'm going through, some people say. A lot of women, their husband is cheating on them, or, or they're cheating on their husband. And they're also beating themselves up because of what they're doing. These people that are cheating are also being hurt at the one they're cheating to. It's so difficult, all the situations, uh, unborn dying in the family, or, or you can't die in the family for different reasons, brothers and sisters. It is so hard for everyone to go on. But we can only cry out to Jesus is what the Lord was letting me understand clear. That he's there for all of us. That in any moment we can turn to him, go on of our knees if we need to, cry on the floor and say, Lord Jesus, help me. Help me with this burden, Lord. Help me with this burden. The Lord has to remind me of Matthew eleven twenty eight. You know, it's in the Word of God. I know this Word for, for 20 plus years. Why am I forgetting the Word then? If I know it for so long. Because that's what we do. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, O ye that are weary in Latin, and I will ease you. I will give you rest, in other words. Take my joke on you and learn of me that I am meek and lowly of heart. That you should find uh, rest unto yourself. For my joke is easy and my burden is light. It is a burden that we carry daily that is, that is making us feel the way we feel. But we need to learn to give that burden to Jesus, brothers and sisters. Instead of complaining of the burden, instead of complaining of the pain, Oh, how hard it is. Learn to get on your knees. Learn to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. Lord, it's difficult. Lord, it's not easy for me. And cry out to the Lord, and the Lord will help you to carry your burden. Jesus wants to help us, but in order for him to help us, we have to cry out to him. It is the way it is, brothers and sisters, because we have so much sin in our life. That if we don't cry out, the blood cannot cleanse us. Because some people may say, oh, why do I need to always be crying out to the Lord? Because we are so sinning. We're like sinning machine. We sin so much. And that sin is a war between God and us. How can God reach to us when we are so full of sin and we're not repenting? We need to repent. We need to cry out. We need to say to God, help me, God. Help me, Lord. And die alone. What Jesus did on the cross come to pass in our life. If the high priest did not want to enter sea and the holy of holy for God's people, there will be no pardon of sin. The people, people of sin will still be on themselves and not on the bullock animal that was sacrificed for them, which was a representation of Christ dying on the cross. If Christ did not die on the cross, our sin will be upon ourselves. But because Christ died on the sun, on the cross, I'm sorry, 
Because Christ died on the cross. Now our sin is on him. But we have an obligation to repent. That's why when John the Baptist started his ministry, he said, repent. Jesus continued, repent. The apostle continued, repent. Paul continued, repent. And the church is still preaching repentance. Some of it, not a lot of it. A lot of it had turned away from the repenting message. And that's also a sin. When we turn away from the only hope God has given us, Jesus Christ, to repent to, where can we run to? Where can we run to, brothers and sisters? So verse 4 says, Neither crying, neither there, um, there should be no more there, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither there should there be any more pain for the first things are past. The first things are past. These are part of the first things. Repenting is part of those first things, brothers and sisters. Yes, there will be repenting in the millennium. I've seen that. They will be repenting. But right now, the pain and sorrow we're going through, it is not planned. It is, it is not the plan of God that then the new earth, we will go through it again. No, it is not part of his plan. The part of his plan will be that we don't have to be like we are now. We'll be able to enjoy no more sorrow, no more pain. Enjoy his presence. Go ahead, verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are faithful and true. Hallelujah. The Lord himself, hallelujah. He that sat upon the throne, the Lord himself, O John. Behold, I make all things new. He wants to make all things new. Why? Because the old is not going to help us in any way. Our old life, our old behavior, our sinful life cannot help us in any way. It has to be the new life that Christ won on the cross. His own life he gave for us on the cross. That were born in us, the new man, the new woman. That then we can serve God in repentance, being cleansed by the blood of Jesus daily, in order for us to be right standing before God, righteousness, pure and holy. One thing people say, why, why, do, why are you, you preaching about holiness so much? Let me tell you something about heaven when I was taken to heaven. I've seen everything so pure and holy in heaven. God is holy, and everyone that was serving God in that heaven was pure and holy. It has been like that from the beginning. It is still to this day the same way, and it will continue to be the same forever. God is not going to change for anyone. When God said, Be thou holy, because I am holy, when Christ said this, that means he was holy, he is holy, and he will continue to be holy. And anyone that comes to him must also be holy to be able to enjoy that glory and everything he has in store for us, brothers and sisters. God is not going to change for anyone. A lot of the messages that are being preached from the pulpit are false because it's presenting God that he will change for the world. No, he came to change the world for himself. He came to change man's heart, man's life for himself, not himself for man, which is, to, is, is, is totally false teaching. And God himself is going to remove those markers of his word, of his holy message. He told me, Father God told me this himself, that he will remove the markers from the pulpits and the churches, and especially in New York, he showed me, and the bronze. They are mocking his word, and he is not happy. He's watching them, he told me. I am watching them, he says. 
all those messengers, we see them dying and heart attack and stroke right in the pulpit. We just had a gray, a gray one, very famous in the U.S., had a stroke. Had to be rushed to the hospital in Florida. God is going to remove the markers. Many preachers on Daystar and TVN in other stations are going to be dying of heart attack and stroke. Brothers and sisters, right in front of the congregation. God is going to remove the marker of his word. His word will stand forever. Heaven and earth will pass, but not his word. I feel sad for those that are mocking God's word. I really do. Praise the Lord. We are aware. He said, all things are new unto me, right, for these things are faithful and true. Faithful is the Lord, so this word is faithful. Go ahead, verse uh, 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He said, he said unto me, it is done. When God created the heaven and the earth, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, God finished the earth and the heaven, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. In seven days, God finished all creation. It is done. Creation is done. So what is God doing now? Fulfilling what he finished is what he's doing. Because everything is done. Everything has been created. All of our rewards in heaven are already available for us. At this hour. The new Jerusalem has already been built. Moses and them were looking forward to God's promise. The new Jerusalem. It was By the time of Moses and Abraham. The new Jerusalem was already built. When Jesus told the church in, in, in John 14. He will go make a dwelling place for us. He was making dwelling place for the Gentile church. Who did not have a dwelling place. Us. But the, the, the new Jerusalem and all, and all it was already built, has been already built from the beginning. When the first one has fallen, God already had the, the, the new one, the architect, Jesus Christ by his side, making it. Brothers and sisters, I won't be surprised if the new Jerusalem was built before the, the Garden of Adam and Eve. I won't be surprised if it was, if it was built. Because the Bible says God had better promises. He did he builds everything on better promises. That means it was built before. Because if he had better promises, that means that whatever happened in the garden was not the end of humanity. It was only the beginning of the restoration of mankind after they've fallen. That began. But it took thousands of years for men to be restored back. But we are at the end time when men are about to go into the new Jerusalem. But there's still less seven-year tribulation, though. Seven-year tribulation. God finished the heaven and the earth in seven days. Now we got a seven-year, seven, the number seven-year tribulation where everything will be finished by the seven year. Hallelujah. And it's in the book of Daniel that says to end the, the, the abomination and desolation. It says in Daniel 12 about the seven. Hallelujah. The God is going to end the abomination and desolation. Brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. That's what that seven is for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Daniel twelve nine says, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the word I close up and seal to the end of the time. Many to be purified and made white and tried. 
You see, as God purifies you, he tries you. As you are being cleansed, God is trying you through his fire. But the wicked should do wickedly, and now the wicked should have understanding, but the wise should understand. And from the time of the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, the abomination and desolation set up, there should be a thousand and two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waited for, for the cometh to the thousand and three hundred and five and thirty days, but go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and send up in thy law at the end of the days. God is going to put an end to everything of the last three and a half year tribulation is being revealed to Daniel. That thousand something days, two hundred and something days, that's the last three and a half years of tribulation where God is going to put an end to everything, all creation, and we begin new with a new heaven and new earth, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. He that overcometh to inherit all things. See, God don't have a problem giving you anything. God don't have a problem giving you anything when you are obedient. The problem God has with people demanding things from him are the people that are breaking his commandment, people that are disobedient, people that are coming against their brothers and sisters, they have no love for the brothers and sisters. Those are the people that God has problem blessing. Because God wants to give us how much? 50%? 25%? 10%? How much does God wants to give to us? The Bible, all things mean 100%. A hundred times false, said Jesus, so that all things. He later says in Revelation, he told his disciples Matthew 100% time. 100% God wants to give to us. So God doesn't have a problem blessing man. His problem is with the disobedient that he cannot bless. Some of us are, are seeing God's blessing in our life as God is providing to us to eat and pay our bills and all that. Other people don't even have that blessing. They're even lacking to pay their bills and to eat, brothers and sisters. God doesn't have a problem blessing you and I. His problem is with our disobedience to his commandment and his word. Again, he that overcometh to inherit all things. You know that we are more than overcomer in Christ Jesus right now, not in heaven. Although we are sitting in heavenly places right now with Christ, in case you didn't know that. But right now, we are more than overcomer. Romans 8, 28, and I read it. We are more than overcomer in Christ Jesus right now. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. We shall inherit all things now. Thank you, Lord. The Lord said yes. We shall inherit all things now. Now when we get to heaven. So what is the problem? Our disobedience. Our keeping the commandment is the problem. Our, our seeking holiness and righteousness like God is holy and righteous. Being like him. Keeping his word. Loving one another. We have so much problem on top of us. Brothers and sisters, today, that the blessing of God is not coming up on people as it should. Some of us should be blessed even more. Why not be? Why don't we have so much abundance and much more? It's our fault. Don't blame God. Stop blaming God. I'm telling you, you keep on blaming God, you're not going to see good day until the tribulation ends, maybe. Because that's what a lot of people are doing. They've been blaming God for years. People write to me blaming God that they are not blessed, that they are having a tough time eating, that they don't have enough to eat when God can provide even more. 
He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. I was happy that Jesus, when Jesus saw me, he called me his son. He usually called me his servant. But he looked at me this time and says, my son. I was happy. He yelled out from the Lord. Amen. But I tell you this. He will want us to be our God. He wants us to be his son. I tell you right now. And don't criticize me and write email to me about this. But not everyone is son and daughter of God. And I'm sorry, but there are preachers in the U.S. and around the world saying to people that everyone's up there is sons and daughter of God. I totally disagreed. Totally disagree. Not everyone is sons and daughter of God. Hallelujah. When, when Jesus' family was looking for him, and they said, your mothers and brothers are out there looking for you, Jesus said these words. That his sons and brother, his, his mother and brother are they, his brothers are they that are do the will of God. I believe that those that are doing the will of God are, are my brothers and sisters. Those that are not, are not. I have no fear to say they're not. And I'm sorry if some of you may be offended, but it's the truth. Praise your Lord. She that overcome to inherit all things, and I will be his God, and they should be my son. Praise the Lord. Verse 8. Thank you, Lord. One way, I want to say this before I forget. I was having difficult with people who were coming to me who argue about the word of God. And Jesus said to me that if they don't come with peace to me or in peace, I should, I should have no, nothing to do with them. Those that come to argue, you walk away. Why? Because what benefit of the word will we have if we always argue with people. There's no benefit in arguing. Division. Insulting. If there's no benefits on these things. Then why would we do it? Unless it's all out of the flesh. Argument and division. Is of the flesh. It's not of the spirit first of all. It is not a fruit of the spirit. It's a fruit of the flesh. And it is up to us. To know when we are in the flesh. When we're arguing. When we are insulting one another, when there's so much division, it is all of the flesh. It is not of the spirit. What is of the spirit is love, unity, communion, union, and much more are of the spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. When we love one another, we are in the spirit. When we cannot love one another, it's of the flesh. And it's not of God. So even though some people may say it's of God, it's not. It's not of God. Verse 8, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderer and husmogger and sorcerer and idolater and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second dead. Now, why is the unbelieving going to the lake of fire? Because nature revealed God. Creation revealed his creator. How can people say that aliens, the, man, the aliens created everything, or that man came from the monkey? That's an abomination. That's an unbelieving atheist. They will have their part in the lake of fire if they don't repent. Very clear. Murder. If you, are, if you have murdered someone, I hope you have repented of this sin, of this abomination. Praise the Lord. Sorcerer. 
You know what the Lord revealed to me? Why have the devil been coming against my tithes and offering? Because he said, my generational lives tied their tithes and offering they gave to the devil, to witchcraft and sorcery. They were faithful to the devil and the tithes and offerings. That's why the devil has been coming against your tithes and offerings, the Lord revealed to me. That was stunning to me. And it was true. I remember my, my grandmother giving a donation to, to witches. Because that's what a lot of my family line did. I have to repent for what they did. I saw it. I have to repent. I was part of the family. It might be some of you, you're asking God, God, why am I not prospered? Why do I don't see nothing coming to me? It might be that your generation line needs to be faithful to the devil and the tithes and offering, and not to God. It needs to be, tithes and offering needs to go to God, not to the devil. And the devil must be coming against your finance this way. And all liars shall have their part in the lake that burned with fire. Why liars? Because they're not telling people the truth. They're not teaching the truth. They're not bringing people hope to seek the Lord, to come closer to Jesus. They're leading people away from Christ, from the true gospel, from the hope that is to go to heaven and be with the Lord, from the hope that is to go home in the rapture. Brothers and sisters, you know how many preachers are preaching against the rapture today? I put on the, 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 one of the uh, Christian news, I was showing my wife one of the preachers, one of the fundamentalist preacher against the rapture, this man has millions of followers. He's leading millions of people away from the message of the rapture, brothers and sisters. This is so sad, but it's happening today. This is why we need to be careful and believe Christ and seek Christ. Verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Why is the new Jerusalem being compared to the bride, the Lamb's wife? I can tell you why. The holiness in it. How pure she is. The light of God is in it. It is kept for God, separated, which is holiness. It is a tabernacle of God with men. Represent the tabernacle of God with men, the New Jerusalem. That's why she represents the bride of Christ. The holiness, the righteousness, the opening for everyone. The doors are always open. The bride of Christ has to be always open to help other people. The love of God that is in that city. That is also in the bride of Christ today. She has totally matches the bride of Christ and the New Jerusalem. I was amazed when the Lord was revealing these things to me in prayer earlier, brothers and sisters. Because that's what this city represents. That's why she is called, verse 9, I will show you the bride, the lamb, wife. Talking about the New Jerusalem. She is 100% like the bride of Christ. If the light if the wife, I'm sorry, is the bride of Christ today wants to see herself as God wants to see her, she needs to look to the New Jerusalem and read Revelation 21 and remember and memorize it and ask the Lord to reveal it to them because it is a greater example to our life how holy and pure that it needs to be for God. So, it's, it's a new Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. It's pure. Go ahead, Brother Ben. Verse 10. 
And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. There you go. Every time you refer to Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, holy Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Took me away in the spirit of a great high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy. Why holy? Separated Jerusalem. It is not like Jerusalem today where anyone can go and they are in and out. There are people going to Jerusalem today who probably murder or steal and do all kinds of things. But in this new Jerusalem, nothing that is unholy will ever enter. Nothing that, ever, that steal. They have not repent. No one that, that steal has not repent. No one that murder. No one that does witchcraft. How many witches today go to the, to the Jerusalem? But not to this Jerusalem. They won't be able to go to this Jerusalem because this Jerusalem is kept by God to be holy, to be righteous, to be pure. Nothing impure will enter this Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, nothing impure will enter it. And the one today, all kinds of people go in and out. But in the one God is bringing back to the new earth, nothing impure. Nothing that does witchcraft, sorcery, or black, or black magic will ever enter the new Jerusalem. God have mercy. Verse 11. Having the glory of God, one of the signs that we are the bride of Christ, that identifies that we're different and separated, is because the glory of God needs to be in us. People need to feel the Lord's presence in our life, brothers and sisters. And if you, if you are not one of those, you need to ask the Lord that when you're teaching, people can feel the presence of God. The people hunger will be awakened when you are teaching the word. Having the glory of God in Jerusalem. And her shining was like unto a stone more precious. The bride of Christ needs to be precious like a stone. A jasper stone and clear crystal. As she has 12 stones, 12 doors. So we should have 12 stones in us and 12 doors in us for God, for the kingdom. We need to be open for everyone, all race, all color, all language. As the New Jerusalem will be. So don't let no one that is unholy come to your life to contaminate you. Because that New Jerusalem, God is not going to allow anyone to contaminate it. So don't let anyone contaminate your life neither. <laughs> don't let anyone contaminate your life. God's not going to let nobody contaminate his city. Which is like the Lamb of the, it is the Lamb of the Lord. Because that's how the Lamb of the Lord needs to be. The Bride of Christ needs to be. Brothers and sisters. Oh, the bride for the Lamb of the Lord. Hallelujah. Having the glory of God in her shining was like a stone most precious, a jasper stone clear as crystal. Verse 12. And had a great wall and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written, which are the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Now, this is the bride of Christ who's going to go home in the rapture. That's what this city represents. Now, you need to have war in your life. And you better have on this last day very high. Don't let anyone climb into your life very easy to, to make you sin, to bring sin to your life. You need to keep yourself holy for God. And if God's going to put war for no one to just come in there and contaminate his city, you need to have war in your life of the word of God. To protect you from people coming into your life to contaminate you with, with hallelujah, with all kinds of contamination. 
including gossiping. Don't let people bring gossiping into your life. People talking bad about your brothers and sisters coming to you like that's not nothing. No, that is something. God said we should not. Keep your water high and don't allow these things. As God's going to keep the wall high in his city. Have angels in your life. Say God, ask God to send angel. As he can have angels to protect your city, ask God to send angels to protect you. He said in Psalm 91 that he will send his angel around you to protect you. Ask him every day. To, to send angels to keep people away from your life that they don't need to be in your life. And he'll do it. The angel will do it. I heard a testimony of a brother who was about to be killed by these people in the street. And the angel of the Lord came and stopped him. He saw, that's when he saw the angel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, you can ask God to send his angel to protect you from bad people. And in the name of him, which is the, the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, 12,000 out of each tribe, brothers and sisters. Verse 13. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. Those are 12 gates altogether. So, there are 12 gates. That's what I saw. The city had this gate. I saw one of the gates. I believe it was one on the west. I was standing low. Was it the east and the west? I said, oh, wow. Praise the Lord. The west gate. And the north, three gates. And the south, three gates. Hallelujah. And at the side three gate and the west side three gates. And I was one of the west side gate. Wide open. I saw the gate to the city wide open, brothers and sisters. Verse 15. 14. 14, I'm sorry. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the Lamb's twelve apostles. Why did the city need to have foundation? Because the word of God is our foundation. Christ is our foundation. And the message of, of the apostle that God gave to Christ as the foundation for the bride of Christ, to be holy, to be righteous, to be pure. If any church on earth, anyone on earth don't have this teaching, the foundation which is the, of the apostle, it's not of God. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Be very careful. Verse 15. And he that walketh with me had a golden reed to measure the city withal, withal, and the gate thereof, and the wall thereof, to measure so they can see that everything in God has a measurement, brothers and sisters. And I'm not going to go into detail on that one, but verse 16. And the city lies four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth, and the heights of it are equal. So it is square. If it's equal, it's not round, it's square. In other words. And then there comes the word cubit. But the Lamb says everything in God has a measurement. Brothers and sisters, in the spirit, spirit this has, that's a spiritual life. How much you can grow in God. Uh, how much God will grow you. And you walk with God. There's no limitation but there will be a measurement that God expects each and one of us to reach in our spirit to walk with him. That was shown to me in heaven also. Very important. Verse 17. And the measurement of uh, the wall thereof in 140 in 40 cubits by the measurement of man. Hallelujah. And it's uh, the angel. In other words, I believe the measurement of the angel is, is a perfect measurement. Because we know all the measurement of man. 
Amen. But the measurement of the end, you're talking about perfect. There's a measurement that, that is perfect. And God is, is measured things by perfection also. Amen. It's what I understand by the measurement of amen. Because measurement of amen, we, we consider inches, food, things like that to be perfect. But the measurement of an angel, we don't have a, a notebook unless it's in a word. And I have not seen it. But to me, it's, it is a perfect measurement, in other words. Verse 18. And the building of the wall of it was of, of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. That's what I saw this Friday morning. The city was completely a gold, and that caught my attention. I have fun of gold. It's not that I love gold, but I am very fond of gold. When I looked at the gold, I said, oh, that is beautiful. doesn't mean I just want to have gold. No, I don't want to have gold. Praise the Lord. But I don't mind walking in golden street. Because the way to the city looked to me golden also, and that, that caught my attention. Because I also heard testimony before the Lord showed this to me, of a street of gold. We know the Bible talks about street of gold. But I heard testimony of people that was taken to heaven and seen them. I wanted to see them. And the way that I was walking was made of gold. From the city down to where I saw the Lord Jesus face to face, it was all gold, brothers and sisters. I walked in that golden street. And I was amazed because it was pure, pure gold. I couldn't believe we were working on a 24, 22, 24 karat gold. That to me, that was, gold is treated in heaven like it's nothing. Although it's beautiful with the presence of God, they tell you that. The, the city had transparent gold. The street that I was walking, the gold looked transparent, but it was pure gold I can see. Brothers and sisters, I marvel at this when I saw this. Praise the Lord. Verse uh, 19, Mr. Brethren. Yeah. And the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with all the manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third calabdomi, the fourth emerald. Now, I've I seen that these are the different, the Bible calls them precious stones, different stone like in the glory. It is that when the glory of God is hitting the city, and all these stones are being hit at the same time, and it's hard to identify them. I, I, I wonder how would John able to be able to tell the different stone, but I think it's because he had an angel helping him. It is easy for an angel to do it, because I've seen people, I've seen angels hitting people in heaven like nothing. To them it's like nothing. To us it's like, wow, because we're still in this body. John being in this body, although it was say he was taken in the spirit, though, it was so difficult for John, with, with, without having the experience of being there before, to be able to tell of the different stone. But he had an angel helping him, because he said the Lord sent his angel to help me. So he had an angel helping him, so it was easy for the angel to explain to John the difference of the stone. To me, I was just by myself walking around. So uh, even though if I see it, like I've seen it on another occasion in heaven, these precious emerald stones, Real beautiful, real shining with the glory of God. And I was able to tell it was emerald. But if I see more than that, I maybe see one or two. One or two it, it's just very hard to be able to tell all the different stones. But although in God, nothing is difficult. That's one thing you learn about God. When you're taken to heaven, you're using your 100% mind. You know everything. You come down here, you're struggling. This I, I, rem, I remember to, to, when the Lord showed me these things, to ask the Lord to help me to, be able to share because there's so much information 
in this limited mind it's hard to share verse 20 the fifth of a sardonyx the sixth of a sardius the seventh of a chrysolite the eighth of a beryl the ninth of a topaz the tenth of a chrysophrase the eleventh of a jacinth and the twelfth an amethyst you see, so it, it was tremendous. Verse 21, in the twelve gate were twelve pearl, and in every gate of the one pearl, in the three of the city, in pure gold, and all shining glass. Now, what do all these stones pertain to the bride is? I can tell you to me what, what they are. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. Thank the Lord for reminding me this. Gifts of the Spirit, these stones are. Special gift, special ability for the bride to be able to fly, move as faster, uh, faster than time, faster than speed, than speed of life. To, to the, I believe uh, the change of the bride, she looked beautiful, transformed. The Bible calls it transformed. That could be a gift, the transformation of the bride of Christ. Thank you, Lord. The glory she has, because she has the glory of God, like a like a. She has the glory of uh, God and had all these pearls. I believe these are all stone being revealed in the bride of Christ, because she is a lamb bride, right? These are the stone, the gift being revealed in the bride of Christ. Is what I see here. God is revealing these gifts to the bride of Christ. Special gift, twelve special gifts, brothers and sisters. A lot of people in the last day are finding out that the bride of Christ has a lot of time with Israel. Because it talks about even the 12 tribe, brothers and sisters. I believe the 12 tribe were 12 angels. I believe the descendants were all angels. Praise the Lord. But I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of people not agree with me. <laughs> They're not going to agree. Even though I can show them in the Word, and I have shown them in the Word, that the Bible, when it refers to angels, refers to the stars in heaven. And it was told to Abraham that he, his descendant will be like the star in heaven. Like the start. In, in the old translation, I'm like. In the new translation, the word like is there. I tell you that in the old translation, the word like is not there. It is the word I'm to start. I'm to start. Until people say, well, I'm to was like the same. Was like the same. Not like we use the word. It is the same. The word is the same. Not like. I don't know why the word like is there in the new translation. Uh, Brother Ben, do you think, what do you think? Why is the word like being in there? Because I got one of the older Bible and the word like is not there. When it referred that the sending of Abraham was, was, would be, it would be like the angel. They don't use the word like, they say angels. So it makes it clear that he's talking about angel. In the new translation, they make it seem like like, which is, makes people doll that will say be not the same. There's something for you to look up, brother. Ben. I know you have a lot of time to look up these things and, and study it and see why do they use the word like. Because I believe the word like makes doll. Doesn't it make it like kind of like a doll? Like, oh, brother, when he says like, it doesn't mean it is like. It, it is the same. Well, that's what it, to me, that's what the Tao, it brings into the word, when it's like, because it makes you think, well, it doesn't mean that they are angels, brother Elvis. 
You see what I'm saying? Bring the Darwin to people. But when you go into the older Bible, the word like is not there. It is only in the new translation in the 1900. So it makes you, even in the late 1800s, you might find some Bible that may say like, but not in the in the 16, 1500, to which I have one of the 1500 Bible, one of the 1600 Bible, and they don't have those word like. And this is why when people visit me to my house, I let them read my Bible. Those are $300 in no Bible. And I let some of the people read it, and they're like, wow, I didn't know this. Well, there you go. It's in the Word of God. Um, I, I, I want to go back to those old Bible and read them again. The thing is, it's hard for me to preach them because I'm already used to these Bible. I've been, I've been reading these, these Bible for 20 years and more, so it's hard for me to, you know. But I, I, I did a few studies back in 2012, late, early 13, where I read some of the old Bible and people were like, you got to keep reading this word. It's amazing. I'm going to do that more. I really am going to do that more. Because I find a lot of word in the new, newest Bible, and Jesus also told me to go back to the old. Jesus himself told me this. That's why I went back to the old. Because I believe there's a lot of doubt in, in these Bibles. A lot of things that leave people wondering. That doesn't give the people the 100% that what they're reading is really what it says. You know, and that's not good. That's not good. Thou is not of God. The unbelieving are going to the lake of fire, the Bible says. We don't want to be unbelieving, right? We don't want to be unbelieving. This is why I have a problem where, where a lot of these translations, new translations, LA 18 and 1900, because it leaves people with so much doubt. And if we become unbelieving, we are going to the lake of fire. And I don't want to go to the lake of fire, to be honest with you. I want to go to heaven. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus himself told me to read, please, uh, he told me to read the, old, the older translation. Where are we now, Brother Ben? Go ahead, Brother Ben. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are, are the temple of it. Now, why is God telling people that in the new earth there will be no temple? Oh, you need to go to church. You need to congregate yourself. The word of God says. <laughs> I like it because God is clear. God knows the mind of people. The churches have become like an idol to people, to be honest. Where you say, you have to go to church. The Bible says, for us to not forsake the gathering of the saints. He doesn't say to you that you need to go to church. The gathering of the saints is like when we gather in the Lord's hour. Those people that are not gathering with us no more, as the Lord wants them to do. Because there have been some people that the Lord has told them, go listen to the Lord's hour. That's your family. Another sin that I committed on the Lord's hour and I'll be honest, it's because a lot of people were donating to the Lord Tower, and I and some people were complaining, and I told them they can go and donate directly to if they have dawah the Lord Tower, go donate to Israel yourself. And then the Lord spoke to a brother and says to him, "I told you after, after he went and donated to them, the Lord told him, I want you to donate to the Lord Tower. It's what I told you to do." And he came back to me. And rebuke me and say, Elvie, you did wrong. And I said, what did I do wrong? He said, you told us to go donate to Israel. Man, when the Lord told us to go donate to the Lord's Tower. And I said, I'm sorry. And I noticed that that was maybe prideful of me. That was very wrong of me to do it. Because the Lord told his people to donate. And hundreds of them went and donated to, to, to the point where millions of dollars being donated to those, these other programs. One of the programs uh, showed me 
how much donation they have received in the last years, and they pay hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, it don't mean that I want that money to come to the Lord's Tower, but I tell you this, if the Lord wants it in the Lord's Tower, the Lord will have it in the Lord's Tower. But I will say this, I am sorry to send people to donate to Israel in Africa, because the Lord is telling them to donate to the Lord's Tower. Brothers and sisters, pray to the Lord and be obedient to the Lord. If I tell you something wrong, let me know, because I make mistakes like anybody else. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. We're in verse 1. 23. Praise the Lord. So, in verse 22, just to finish that one, God is the Almighty, and the lamp are the temple. God is our temple. Those that say that don't forsake the garden, don't forsake the church, that's not what it says. Don't forsake the gathering at the same. It's what it said. Don't twist the word to get people into your church. Be glad that you gather. And when you gather in churches, also gather to seek the Lord and more of the Lord. Don't gather in the church to worship the temple, to worship the building. Oh, look how beautiful the church is. Don't miss the church service. Don't do that. The meeting is more important because the Lord said, Whether two or three in my name, there I will be. If God is, in that, is not in that building, in that church, there's something wrong there. You probably worship in the temple, the church. Worship the Lord. Guard it to seek the Lord and have more of the Lord in your life. Not because of the building. It is because of the brothers and sisters. You know that their pastor mistreating the bride of Christ, the brothers and sisters because of the church. That is wrong. That is a thing and that is idolatry. The right things to do is to want to be with your brothers and sisters together to seek the Lord. That is the right thing that God will please God. Verse 22. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty is the Lamb that are in the temple of it. Verse 23. And their city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did light it, and the Lamb is the light of it. There was another thing in heaven, brothers and sisters, that I was looking for was the sun. This time in heaven I was looking for the sun. Because I was, it was like a rapture experience happened so quickly, so quickly when the Lord took me to heaven uh, Friday morning that when I opened my eyes in heaven, I'm looking for the sun. The light was the most powerful light you can ever see, more powerful than the sun we have, maybe a hundred times more, more stronger. Now, I could not see the sun. You were usually, when, we look, when the sun is out and it's a clear day, you see that round ball of fire in heaven, right? That's what I was looking for. I could not find it in heaven. There was no sun. And to me, it was like, this is not usual. But the presence of God was so strong, I knew now, I'm in heaven. This is heaven. <laughs> Immediately, I knew I came to the understanding. But I was looking for the sun. That's how it's going to be in the new earth again. People may, because they used it to the sun, they might be looking for the sun again. Brother, where's the sun? <laughs> well, let me remind you what Revelation said. And the city had no need of the sun. The city I was looking at in New Jerusalem on top, I saw that powerful light. I saw no sun. The light was just there, but no sun. Neither had the moon. No, no moon neither. To shine on it, for the glory of God, the light and the lamp is the light of it. Notice that that doesn't say no stars. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the little details in the word that you got to pay attention to. Because God knows why he's not telling you. He's telling you there's no moon, there's, there's no sun, there's no moon. And he doesn't say there's no star. That's very important to know. 
And there's a reason why he tells you things like this. Verse 24. And the people which are... Uh, the Brother Vain now, verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Amen. They'll bring gifts. That was another thing. I saw people giving the Lord gifts. It was amazing that he was giving them gifts, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And Jesus was rejoicing with the kids and the family and all these people. And I tell the people that when, when, when Jesus was praying with them, I was to the back of the Lord. And when the Lord turned around, his presence was so hard that they knocked me down to the floor. He knocked me down on my knees. It was so incredible. And the people which are saved to walk in the light of it, and the king of the earth to bring the glory and honor to it. Verse 25. And the gaze of it should not be shut by day. For there should be no night there. That's another thing in heaven, no night. And on the earth there will also be no night. That is a beautiful thing. No more dark, darkness. Nightness, it's, it's, darkness is represented by the night, in case you didn't know, back in the book of Genesis. And the glory and honor of the Gentiles should be brought into it. See, God had planned to save the Gentile. God had, had never planned to leave anyone out. He had planned to save everyone. The Jewish people plus the Gentile, the nations. God had always planned for the nation. And there shall enter into a non-unclean thing, neither who... Whosoever worketh abomination or lies, but they which are written in the Lamb book of life, our name needs to be in that book, brothers and sisters. I don't know if you have received Christ as your personal Savior, but I'm going to tell you this right now. When you receive Christ as your personal Savior, one of the good things that happen is that your name is written in the life book of Lamb. Please receive Jesus this afternoon, this night, as your personal Savior. And say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Lord, I'm sorry for sinning against God and against heaven, Lord. I believe you died for me on the cross and was raised on the third day according to your word, Lord Jesus. I am sorry, Lord. Please write my name in the Lamb Book of Life, Lord Jesus, and prepare me for your coming, Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you do this prayer, you will become part of the family of God, and your name will be written in the, in the Lamb Book of Life, and, you will be, and the Lord will prepare your life for his coming if you start fasting and seeking the Lord. We're doing a corporate fasting, fasting every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Join us in the fasting. As you, be, as you join us in the fasting, I am praying for those that are joining us in the fasting for the Lord to give them strength, for the Lord to let them know that they are joining in a family of people that are fasting. Please join us Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday. Corporate family fasting, church fasting, brothers and sisters gathering together fasting, where God is going to bless you. If you want to email us with your petition or prayer, you can email me to Z-A-P-A-T-A-9999 at gmail.com, and I would, I would answer back to you. For more information about the Lord's Hour, www.thelordshour.com, you can go there and you can contact me through there. And you can support us there. May the Lord continue to bless you. May the Lord continue to, hallelujah, make his face shine upon you. May the Lord Jesus Christ give you a shalom. Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Almighty God is good. Hallelujah. His love endures forever. Hallelujah. We're so happy to be here with my brothers and sisters. I'm so happy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Our Lord and mighty God is so good. Hallelujah. He makes everything possible. Hallelujah. I want to thank my brothers and sisters that prayed for my wife last night. Hallelujah. Everything went fine, hallelujah. The baby was not born premature, hallelujah. She's around seven and a half months right now, hallelujah. And um, praise God, it looks like the baby was going to be born yesterday, but praise God, hallelujah. God put his, put his hand, and um, hallelujah, he's going to wait a little longer, hallelujah. And we're so happy, hallelujah. That's, that's what God does, hallelujah, when we believe and we pray. We go to the Lord, hallelujah. He, he takes care of his, his sons and daughters. And I want to thank uh, my sister Amy, hallelujah, who emailed me. Praise God, hallelujah. And all of you that pray, hallelujah. Thank you very much, hallelujah. Praise God. The love of God was really felt um, last night, hallelujah. Because our God is so good. He has people that really love the Lord, hallelujah. And, and I'm so happy to be part of his people, hallelujah. Praise God. I love Jesus, hallelujah. And nothing else, hallelujah. Well, we had such a great program last week, hallelujah. And we're hoping that this week we're going to have real, real powerful uh, program this, this week, hallelujah. Get ready for, for Monday, hallelujah. The Lord gave me a powerful revelation last night, hallelujah, which he wants me to share on Monday, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. There are seven key we're going to be talking about on Monday, hallelujah, to prosperity, hallelujah. Seven key to prosperity, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and I know many of you probably thinking one of them is, is tithe and offering. Well, that's only one. 
and maybe you think the other one is giving to the poor. Well, that's only one, hallelujah. But those are not the main, hallelujah, key to prosperity, hallelujah. We're going to be talking about the biblical prosperity, not the crazy world prosperity that is up there, no. We're going to be talking about the biblical key of prosperity, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, through the word of God, hallelujah. There are seven key in the word of God that are very powerful, hallelujah. And it doesn't matter how the economy is, the Lord will provide because the Lord is faithful and he doesn't change, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Well, today we're going to talk about Jesus, like always, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And we're always going to put him first because the Lord is always first in our life, hallelujah. He, hallelujah, is the greater gift, hallelujah, uh, Rabbi Jesus, hallelujah. And we always tell people, you need a rabbi. You need Rabbi Jesus, hallelujah. You need a rabbi every day, hallelujah. You need a rabbi to be there for you, a rabbi that you can count on. And Jesus is that rabbi, hallelujah. Yeshua Jesus is that rabbi, hallelujah. You can go to him, and he is always willing to help, hallelujah, because he is the only help we need, hallelujah, according to God our Father, hallelujah. God don't have nothing greater than his Son and his Holy Spirit in heaven, hallelujah. Nothing greater in eternity to God, hallelujah. In all creation, there's nothing greater to our Father, Jehovah God Almighty, Yahweh Elohim, hallelujah, than His Son and His Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And He has given humanity both. He has given humanity His Son to die on the cross and then gave us the promise of His Holy Spirit. These are the two things, greater things that God ever had, hallelujah. He had never had anything greater than, than his son and his, and his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And just to show you and I how much he loved us, hallelujah, he gave us his son and his Holy Spirit. And we got to be eternally grateful to our Father in heaven, hallelujah, for giving us his son and his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Because he could have given us uh, something else, but he chose to give us his greatest, hallelujah, his best, hallelujah. So we could appreciate him. We can worship him, hallelujah, hallelujah, and really say, God, we thank you for giving us Jesus. God, we really thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, because he didn't have to, hallelujah. He gave us life, and that, that should have been enough, hallelujah. But he knows that he made man with a greater need of his, of his, of his spirit, of his spirit, hallelujah. We have a great need of God's spirit, hallelujah. And in order for the Holy Spirit to dwell in us like he is, hallelujah, in these last days, since, since the, Jesus died on the cross, his son needed to die on the cross, needed to give his life. There must have been a perfect sacrifice in order for the Father to give his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. There, ha, there has to be someone dying, hallelujah. Not a bull like before, hallelujah. Not a bull at firstborn, no, hallelujah. There has to be a perfect sacrifice because the blood of the animal, the Bible says, they're not cleansed from sin totally. They're not, hallelujah. God forgave sin through it by his mercy, hallelujah, but the blood of the animal, they're not, they're the job completely, hallelujah. And there was always has to be um, sacrifice in order for God, hallelujah, to deal with humanity, hallelujah. But people, they're not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. The Holy Spirit only came to empower people to do God's work, hallelujah. And in this last day, hallelujah, 
Praise God. 2,000 years ago, a little bit more than 2,000 years ago, God sent his son. Hallelujah. He sent it in a human body. Hallelujah. He sent it to be born from a, from a woman on earth. Hallelujah. To die on the cross. Hallelujah. So you and I will have his Holy Spirit dwelling in us today. Hallelujah. Now, are we appreciating the Holy Spirit? How much are we appreciating the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. In order for us to show God that we are, we, we got to be walking with his son. We, we got to be walking in obedience. We got to be uh, keeping his commandment. Hallelujah. And the question is, are we keeping his commandment? Hallelujah. Praise God. Because Jesus said, those that love me keep my commandment. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And Jesus said in John 17, Father, I have given you, uh, I have given you them your word. I have given them what you have given me. Hallelujah. So Jesus gave out the word of the Father throughout his whole ministry. Hallelujah. So we got the word. We got the word. Now what do we do now? Hallelujah. Uh, James said, let, let us be doer of the word. Of the word. Hallelujah. And not only hearer of the word. Hallelujah. So we need to be doer of that word. We need to take that word every day and apply it to our life and walk it out. Hallelujah. So when we when we get a, a, a chance to pray, hallelujah, when something comes, like it happens to my life yesterday, hallelujah, my wife went to, to, to a doctor appointment, hallelujah, and, and the doctor said, uh, you have a contraction, hallelujah, you might have this baby today. So uh, we took it to the hospital, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But I, I was always believing God for the health of my son, hallelujah, that God was going to take over the, the, the situation, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, because I believe in God. I believe in his word. And, and, and faith, it's all I have. Hallelujah. Uh, besides anything else, I have Jesus at cost, and he's first in my life. Hallelujah. But when trouble comes, hallelujah, we tend to get shaken up a little. And this is good. To God, this is good that we get shaken up a little. Hallelujah. So we can put in action our faith. Our faith needs to be put in action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is why these things have has to happen to us. So we can believe God, hallelujah, and hallelujah, praise Jesus. And we, and we have studied uh, about faith, about the mustard seed, hallelujah. There is a smaller uh, seed, hallelujah, but in the garden, it becomes the biggest tree, hallelujah. So what is that saying to us? The faith starts small in our life, but we got to continue to ask the Lord to increase our faith, and our faith will be the greater thing, hallelujah, that becomes in our life, hallelujah. Now, are we at that level of faith yet? I've been seeking the Lord about that, hallelujah, that we will grow in faith, that I will grow in faith, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And as I seek the Lord and continue to seek the Lord to increase my faith, I'm seeing greater results in my life because of this, because of what the Lord is doing, because the Lord is faithful, hallelujah. It starts small, hallelujah. Master C is the, is the smallest C you can see, hallelujah. You can hardly even see it. Uh, there was a sister, I remember, when we used to do Bible study, she showed me, she had a, a lot of mustard seed in a bottle, in a clear bottle, and she showed it to me. She said, let me show you the mustard seed that the Bible talks about. Hallelujah. Look, it's, a, it's the smallest seed. You can hardly see it. Hallelujah. And this is what Jesus was talking about, Brother Elvie. Hallelujah. But when you plant this in the garden, it becomes the biggest tree. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So that is faith. That is faith. Hallelujah. According to the Word of God. Hallelujah. So, Hallelujah. You may be struggling with faith, hallelujah, but you, will, you may want to go to the Lord and ask the Lord to increase your faith. De do what with the disciple did. And when they asked the Lord to increase their faith, Jesus said, if you had 
a face like a master sea. You will say to the mountain, throw, throw yourself in the sea, and it, will, and it will happen. Hallelujah. By faith, hallelujah. So if with a small faith like that, you can order a mountain to go into the sea, and it will obey you. Hallelujah. How much more can you do in your life? How much more can God will do in your life? Because this is all about God. Hallelujah. Because one thing is, when you have faith, it has to be point to the pro, to the proper. Hallelujah. And the proper, the true is Jesus Christ. We got to point our faith to Jesus because he's the author of our faith, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm happy to see my brothers and sisters here today. Uh, my brother Jason and each, each one of my brothers. Hallelujah. And sisters that are faithful, hallelujah, listening to the program, hallelujah. Um, I, I want to share with you, hallelujah, um, yesterday, hallelujah, while I was, I opened my emails, hallelujah, and I got this email from this young girl, hallelujah, who the Lord led her to the videos on YouTube, hallelujah. And let me tell you, hallelujah, she she came back to the Lord just by watching the video. The Lord, she says she, she, was, she was asleep, and the Lord awakened her, hallelujah. And this is what God is doing. He's saving people. Hallelujah. And when I went to my Facebook, there were around four or five people also who wanted to join and listen to the radio, who were part now are listening to the radio. So every day we get three and four people coming to listen to the radio, and every day there are people being saved. Hallelujah. So this is what it's all about. This is what I was telling my brother Chance. People are getting saved. I'm getting an email about that. And I'm so happy with what the Lord doing because the Lord... When he took me into the throne once, this is what the Lord showed me, hallelujah, that he was saving people. He was using me in this last day to save people. So if nothing else happened, hallelujah, uh, I'm glad to know that even though a lot of things are not happening, but the Lord is saving people. Don't you think that's important? Don't you think, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, that's great, hallelujah, that God is saving people. That the Lord is bringing people into his kingdom, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So I'm happy. I'm happy with what the Lord is doing. I'm happy that there's people coming to his kingdom, hallelujah. There are people being set free, hallelujah. God is moving, hallelujah. And, and hallelujah, this is what it's all about, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm, I'm happy with all of you that are supporting the program, hallelujah. And I want to encourage you to continue, hallelujah. Our God is good, hallelujah. Thank you for your support. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, and Monday, we're going to have a great, great Bible study. Don't miss it. Hallelujah. Don't miss this Bible study. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the Lord wants me to talk about the seven blessings, biblical blessings. Hallelujah. That are in the Bible. And many of you, uh, I'm pretty sure you haven't heard these blessings. Hallelujah. Because every time I'm bringing a Bible study, a lot of people tell me, I never heard that before. They say, but it's all in the Bible. Hallelujah. They're there. We just need to have the Lord point that out to us. That's all we need. Hallelujah. So I had the Lord help me out this morning, very early in the morning. He walked me out to talk to him. Hallelujah. He first talked to me, and then, hallelujah, I went in prayer with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we're so happy with what God is doing. Now, I want to go to Matthew 11, hallelujah, where Jesus says, hallelujah, that the Father reveals the Son. He says, it says Matthew 11:25. at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and, and learned and revealed them to the little children. Hallelujah. Yes, my Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. Hallelujah. Uh, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, 
and those to whom the Son chose to reveal him. Hallelujah. So, no one knows the Father except Jesus. Hallelujah. So, what about those people that claim they knew God? Hallelujah. You, you, don't you wonder about that? So, in reality, what Jesus is saying, no one knows God. He's the only one that knows, and he is the only one that revealed God to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because a lot of people in the Old Testament said they saw God. Hallelujah. And they did. They did. But they saw Jesus because Jesus is, Jesus is God. Hallelujah. So when Abraham was talking to Jesus, hallelujah, and the two angels, hallelujah, back in Genesis, hallelujah, well, he, he, he thought he was talking to the almighty creator of everything. And he was because Jesus is part of the Trinity. Hallelujah. He is God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And praise God, hallelujah. And Jesus always been a vessel in God's hand, hallelujah, to be used by God, hallelujah. He is the Son of God, later revealed to us, hallelujah, in the New Testament, hallelujah. So Jesus will reveal the Father to you and I, hallelujah. So if we want to know anything about the Father, what we need to do is go to Rabbi Jesus, hallelujah. Just go to Rabbi Jesus, hallelujah. I want to say shalom, shalom to the people in Israel and around the world that are listening to us. We got faithful listeners in Africa, hallelujah, and all around the world, including Hawaii. I've been contacted by people, hallelujah, that are listening to the program there, and I'm so happy, hallelujah. There are so many people joining, hallelujah, and a lot of them are not coming into the chat room. They're just listening, hallelujah, and that's great. That's fine, hallelujah. You don't need to come on the chat room, hallelujah. You just want to listen to the program, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, and that's fine. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm going to continue here. Um, uh, verse 28, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, says Jesus, and I will give you rest. Take my joke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my joke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So with so much going around the world right now, hallelujah, so much bad news, hallelujah, and problem and sickness and, and, and so much stuff going on up there, negative stuff, hallelujah. We need to go to Jesus. We need to go to Rabbi Jesus, hallelujah. And we got to give him our burden, hallelujah. You, you may be carrying burdens that are not yours, that should have been given to the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How do you do that, Brother Elby? Well, hallelujah, you go and pray with the Lord, hallelujah, and you say to Jesus, Jesus, I give you my burden. Take my burden from me. And you pray this prayer until the Lord takes your burden from your heart. Hallelujah. And the Lord is faithful. Hallelujah. And he'll do that. And for, and for you to get used to this, hallelujah, try to practice this more and more. Every time you get a burden, a worry, hallelujah, it's another uh, word for burden, hallelujah, worry or a concern, hallelujah, or a pain, hallelujah. And if you, if you are very concerned about someone, hallelujah, you need to give it to the Lord and trust Jesus that he will work on that person's life, hallelujah. He, if that person needs protection, you ask the Lord to protect them. If that person needs to be saved, hallelujah, uh, and you, you, you want to believe the Lord that he will save them, that's where you, your, your faith comes into work, hallelujah. And, and, and God, hallelujah, will move, will do it according to thy faith. Jesus used to say to the people, let it be done according to thy faith, hallelujah. And Jesus had all the faith in the universe. He has all the faith, hallelujah. But he wanted people to grow in faith. So he told them, let it be done according to thy faith, according to your faith. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So when you come to Jesus, 
one thing you got to uh, remember is that you need to believe. You need to have faith. Hallelujah. And in Hebrew 11, 6, it's very clear there that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. So, you know, if you're in constant doubt and unbelief, you're not pleasing God. Hallelujah. So if you want to move to the next level, which is pleasing God, hallelujah, having favor with our Father, hallelujah, you may want to be repenting doubt and unbelief, hallelujah, and pride is another problem we have with pride every single day. These are three things. If you want to write them down, write them down in a paper on your computer, hallelujah, write them down. Write down uh, doubt, unbelief, hallelujah, and pride. These are three things the Lord is having me repent every single day, hallelujah, because we struggle with these things. We do, hallelujah. Some way, somehow, pride keeps on coming back to us, hallelujah, and pride likes to be in our heart, hallelujah, and sometimes we can speak in a prideful way, which is of the flesh, which is of the enemy, hallelujah. It's not from God, because Jesus is total humility, and it says it in his word, hallelujah, when, when he speaks and he says, hallelujah. And there in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says there, hallelujah, and hallelujah, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Hallelujah. So pride goes into your heart, hallelujah, and that, that humility is not there anymore. When you got pride, you don't have humility, hallelujah. You only have um, humility when you don't have pride. So if you're struggling with pride, hallelujah, and we always notice that we struggle with pride because we can talk in a prideful way. We can even think in a prideful way. Or we can even believe in a prideful way. Hallelujah. Total humility is pure. There's nothing evil about it. It's just, it's just very pure. Uh, hallelujah. Very sincere. Hallelujah. There's no lie in between. Hallelujah. You're not double-minded. Hallelujah. You just believe one thing and that's, that's it. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's faith. That's faith right there when you get to that level. Hallelujah, which is very hard to be walking in, in humility. Hallelujah. But if we, hallelujah, if we surrender to the Lord, totally to our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, he can help us, hallelujah, to walk in absolute surrender, absolute surrender. Absolute surrender is a book written by our brother, Andrew Murray, uh, Andrew Murray, hallelujah, Andrew Murray, can someone please post it on the, on the chat room, Andrew Murray book, Absolute Surrender. This this book is a wonderful blessing. You can find it online, very very cheap. Hallelujah! If not, you can um, you can go to YouTube and uh, um, praise Jesus. Hallelujah! Uh, maybe someone can find it and post it also uh, on the chat room. Hallelujah! There are five audio about absolute surrender. I downloaded the first audio and I'm gonna play it in a few minutes. Hallelujah! These these audio will help you greatly. You you want to take some time quietly and listen to this audio about, from our brother Andrew Murray. The Lord, the Holy Spirit gave, gave this brother this revelation from the Word of God. Hallelujah. About absolute surrender. Hallelujah. I, yeah, my brother Jason, he, he's, he's very aware of our Andrew Murray's teaching. Hallelujah. He's been helping us out with that. You can click there. Hallelujah. These, these audio are a blessing. A blessing. And my brother uh, Jason can confirm that, hallelujah. They are a very blessing to our life, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. They, you can learn so much. They're all coming out of the word of God. But the way this brother explains it, the, the word, hallelujah, is it, with, with a lot of knowledge and wisdom from the Lord, hallelujah. 
the Lord had, give, had given this brother who's been there for over 100 years now a lot of wisdom, hallelujah. He's in heaven. The Lord has showed him to, to my brother, hallelujah, to one of my brothers, hallelujah, uh, that, he said, that Andrew Murray is in heaven with the Lord, hallelujah. And God is very proud to call himself his God because he was very obedient. And he did walk in humility down here. And that's what you and I, hallelujah, need to be walking in humility, total humility. And, and, and there's no one else that we can follow after than our Lord Jesus Christ. He was pure humility, hallelujah. And it's right there expressed, hallelujah. He says in Matthew 11, 24, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, hallelujah. When you walk in total humility, you'll find rest for your soul. But give your burden to Jesus. Give unto him. When you go in prayer, say, Lord Jesus, I give you all my burden. Hallelujah. This is very important. You do not want to be walking up and down. See, burden and concern can even affect your heart, affects your health. Hallelujah. Affects your mind uh, mentally. Hallelujah. Affects you. Hallelujah. Health, uh, your health. Hallelujah. Can come in risk because of your concern for, for others or for yourself, for this, for that. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So you, you want to, hallelujah, give your burden to Jesus, hallelujah, and walk in peace. Walk in total peace and seek humility, hallelujah. But in order for you to seek humility, that's what the Lord is teaching me. You want to you be repenting pride. Pride is, is, is the evil things of the enemy, hallelujah. Remember, because of his pride, he was cast out of heaven, hallelujah. So we don't want to have pride, hallelujah, in our life, hallelujah. And you may want to ask the Lord, too. To break your pride. This is very important in your prayer. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus Christ can break your pride. Hallelujah. And help you to walk in humility. Seek humility from the Lord. Hallelujah. Read, read, read the gospel. Read about Jesus. How humble he was. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And we can learn from him so much. Hallelujah. I'm going to continue now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before I go on reading the word, I want to pray that absolute surrender from Andrew Murray. Because I know... This this is a great blessing to us, hallelujah. And I want people to receive this blessing. It's been a blessing to my life, hallelujah. And I know it will be a blessing to your life too. I'll be back. Absolute after. Surrender by Andrew Murray. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his host together. And there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria, and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even the goodliest are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, According to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. First Kings 20, 1 through 4. Ahab gave what was asked of him by Ben-Hadad, absolute surrender. I want to use these words, my Murray. To thy saying, I am thine and all that I have, as the words of absolute surrender with which every child of God ought to yield himself to his father. We have heard it before, but we need to hear it very definitely. The condition of God's blessing is absolute surrender of all into his hands. Praise God. 
if our hearts are willing for that, there is no end to what God will do for us and to the blessing God will bestow. Absolute surrender. Let me tell you where I got those words. I use them myself often, and you have heard them numerous times. But once in Scotland, I was in a company where we were talking about the condition of Christ's church and what the great need of the church and of believers is. There was in our company a godly Christian worker who has much to do in training other workers for Christ. And I asked him what he would say was the great need of the church, the message that ought to be preached. He answered very quietly and simply and determinedly. Absolute surrender to God is the one thing. The words struck me as never before, and that man began to tell how in the Christian workers with whom he had to deal, he finds that if they are sound on that point, they are willing to be taught and helped, and they always improve, whereas others who are not sound there very often go back and leave the work. The condition for obtaining God's full blessing is absolute surrender to Him. And now I desire, by God's grace, to give to you this message that your God in heaven answers the prayers which you have offered for blessing on yourself and for blessing on those around you by this one demand. Are you willing to surrender yourselves absolutely into his hands? What is our answer to thee? God knows there are hundreds of hearts who have said it, and there are hundreds more who long to say it, but hardly dare to do so. And there are hearts who have said it, but who have yet miserably failed, and who feel themselves condemned because they did not find the secret of the power to live that life. May God have a word for all. Let me say, first of all, that God claims it, from us. God expects your surrender. Yes, and it has its foundation in the very nature of God. God cannot do otherwise. Who is God? He is the fountain of life, the only source of existence and power and goodness. Throughout the universe, there is nothing good but what God works. God has created the sun, the moon, the stars, the flowers, the trees, and the grass. Are they not all absolutely surrendered to God? Do they not allow God to work in them just what He pleases? When God clothes the lily with its beauty, is it not yielded up, surrendered, given over to God as He works in it its beauty? and God's redeemed children. Oh, can you think that God can do His work if there is only half or a part of them surrendered? God cannot do it. God is life, love, blessing, power, and infinite beauty, and God delights in communicating Himself to every child who is prepared to receive Him. But ah, 
This one lack of absolute surrender is just the thing that hinders God. And now he comes, and as God, he claims it. You know in daily life what absolute surrender is. You know that everything has to be given up to its special, definite object and service. I have a pen in my pocket, and that pen is absolutely surrendered to the one work of writing. That pen must be absolutely surrendered to my hand if I am to write properly with it. If another holds it partly, I cannot write properly. This coat is absolutely given up to me to cover my body. This building is entirely given up to religious services. And now, do you expect that in your immortal being, in the divine nature that you have received by regeneration, God can work his work every day and every hour unless you are entirely given up to him? God cannot. The temple of Solomon was absolutely surrendered to God when it was dedicated to him. And every one of us is the temple of God in which God will dwell and work mightily on one condition, absolute surrender to him. God claims it. God is worthy of it. And without it, God cannot work his blessed work in us. God not only claims it, but God will work it himself. God accomplishes your surrender. I am sure there is many a heart that says, Ah, but that absolute surrender implies so much. Someone says, Oh, I have passed through so much trial and suffering, and there is so much of the self-life still remaining. I dare not face entirely giving it up because I know it will cause so much trouble and agony. Alas, alas, that God's children have such thoughts of him, such cruel thoughts. I come with a message to those who are fearful and anxious. God does not ask you to give the perfect surrender in your strength or by the power of your will. God is willing to work it in you. Do we not read, it is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 And that is what we should seek, to go on our faces before God until our hearts learn to believe that the everlasting God himself will come in to turn out what is wrong. He will conquer what is evil and work what is well-pleasing in his blessed sight. God himself will work it in you. Look at the men in the Old Testament, like Abraham. Do you think it was by accident that God found that man, the father of the faithful and the friend of God? Do you think that it was Abraham himself, apart from God, who had such faith and such obedience and such devotion? You know it is not so. God raised him up and prepared him as an instrument for his glory. 
did God not say to Pharaoh, For this cause have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power? Exodus 9.16 And if God said that of him, will God not say it far more of every child of his? You see, brothers and sisters, we need a rabbi. We definitely need a rabbi, hallelujah, that can help us walk Hallelujah and obedience to the Father. Hallelujah. We cannot do this on our on our own. Hallelujah. By our own strength. It says in the word, not by mind, not by power, but by my spirit, say at the Lord. Hallelujah. We cannot work this hallelujah with our own strength. We need the Lord to help us. Hallelujah. We need his help. Hallelujah. And we're not gonna do it. We're just not gonna do it with our own strength. Hallelujah. We need the Lord's hallelujah. To help us. Matthew 11, 14, uh, 19, 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Hallelujah. The children wanted to come to Jesus. Hallelujah. With absolute surrender to Jesus. And, and they did it so, with so much, hallelujah, that it bothers the apostle, the disciple. It bothers them. They try to stop the little one because the children, hallelujah, they just surrender. Without a problem. And they ran to Jesus. They ran to hug the Lord. Hallelujah. And the people were like bothered by it. The adult, the, the always thinking of their own, of their own interest. The, the, us always thinking, hallelujah, that we can think ourselves out of the will of God too. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. But the little one, they not thought anything. They just run and surrender to Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus received them. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw the disciple trying to stop the children. He says, let them. Let them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them. Hallelujah. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such of these. Look at the example you got in front of you. They ran to me and they surrendered to me. Why don't you do the same thing? Hallelujah. But, you know, we got so much going on in our head, hallelujah, that we got everything figured out. And we're not. That's the way we think, the adult. We don't have nothing figured out. God is in the one in control. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew nineteen twenty one. Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go. Sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. This man thought he had everything figured out in his life. Hallelujah. He thought he was going to heaven and no one was going to stop him. Hallelujah. He, he thought he did everything. He kept all the law. He said, Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But unless we're, to- we're totally surrendered to Jesus, where everything is given to him, hallelujah, including our financial life, hallelujah, our financial, hallelujah, uh, um, that's the surrender God wants, hallelujah, where everything belongs to him, including our own money, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Matthew, uh, one, Mark one seventeen, come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fisher. Uh, to be fish for people, hallelujah. A fisher of men, I know the translation said. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Just just let, let the Father take over your life, and he'll use you to save others. But you have to totally surrender to him. Hallelujah. You you might be great fisher up there when you go out fishing, hallelujah. But how do you, how do you, how do you go and talk to the people to receive Jesus? You can. Many have tried with their own strength and knowledge, hallelujah. But unless you absolutely surrender to God, hallelujah, God, hallelujah, this is what I, what I tell people, because I hear this from ministers, hallelujah, they, they're, they're having a tough trouble 
hallelujah, bringing people to the kingdom. And I said, listen, uh, hallelujah, I don't want to be prideful about this, hallelujah. If I am, I repent. But uh, there's people coming to the Lord all the time through the videos on YouTube, hallelujah, or through the radio program, hallelujah. I'm not doing anything. The Lord is the one doing it. What I do is I trust Jesus, hallelujah, and Jesus does the rest. Hallelujah. I'm surrendering to the Lord, allowing Jesus to do it, hallelujah, trusting Jesus, hallelujah, praying to Jesus, hallelujah, and he's doing the rest. He's doing the work, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Our God is good, hallelujah. Luke 13, 35, look, you, you, your house is left to... to to you, desolated, I tell you, you will not see me again, says Jesus, until you say, Blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. Unless, hallelujah. You're not, you will not see me again, Jesus is saying to them, until you surrender to me. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. That's total surrender right there, worship. Worship is one of the most powerful ways to surrender to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and the Lord is saying he wants worship from his people. He wants you and I to worship him, hallelujah. And we got to take some time in our, in our life, in our personal relationship with the Lord, and worship Jesus. We got to do that, hallelujah. Because sometimes, hallelujah, we just, we're just asking, Lord, I want this. Lord, I want that, hallelujah. Take time in your prayer to worship Jesus. Surrender to him, hallelujah. Surrender, hallelujah, hallelujah, because he's God, and he's in control, hallelujah. And he can do more than what you and I ever can do. Hallelujah. John 5. I do not accept glory from human beings, Jesus said. But I know you, and I know that you do not have the love of God in your heart to the Pharisee. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. Hallelujah. How can you believe since you accept glory from another? Hallelujah. But do not seek the glory that comes from God. In other words, you're not surrendering to God. Hallelujah. You're willing to surrender to any man, because a lot of people do that. But then are willing to surrender to God, to our Lord, Master, Rabbi Jesus. Hallelujah. To whom we need to be surrendering to? We need to surrender to Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to completely trust Him. That God is in control. Hallelujah. And, and that He will even fight for you and I, if it needs to be. Hallelujah. Benjamin is at the Lord and not ours. Hallelujah. He'll take vengeance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's giving him absolute surrender that he will do it. Hallelujah. And that without him, hallelujah, we cannot do it. What we do is mess it up. We can mess it up if we try to do it with our own strength, our own knowledge, our own understanding. Hallelujah. Our own, our own biblical belief. Hallelujah. Because a lot of people say, well, I know the Bible. I don't need to hear it again. Hallelujah. That's pride. That's pride, hallelujah. Because when you're humble, hallelujah, you listen, you receive. Especially when it comes from the word of God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise almighty God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. John 6. Then Jesus declared, I am the breath of life, hallelujah. Whosoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whosoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. Hallelujah. Unbelief is not surrendering to Jesus. When you have unbelief and doubt in you, hallelujah, that means you're struggling to surrender. You're struggling to believe. 
Hallelujah. And believe is surrendering. Hallelujah to his will. Hallelujah. So they had so much unbelief, and Jesus was telling them, unless you believe, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, you will not see the glory of God. You want to see the glory of God in your life? You need to surrender to faith. You need to believe, hallelujah, and believe is actually more simple than unbelief. Because unbelief, hallelujah, takes a lot of things involved. Faith is only one simple word, believe, hallelujah. But unbelief, it comes with all these headaches and pain, hallelujah, nervousness, and so much, and a whole package of evil things that comes in unbelief, hallelujah. And there's so much unbelief up there, hallelujah. It's a tool of the enemy. But when we just believe in the Lord, we, we totally surrender to Jesus, hallelujah. He'll make everything possible to us, hallelujah. And that's what God wants us to be. God gave us Jesus so we can go to him. We can trust him that he's God and he will, hallelujah, make everything possible. Uh, John six thirty seven. All those, all those the Father give me will come to me. All those the Father give me come to me, he said. And, and whosoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Jesus will never reject you. Instead, uh, uh, he will help you. That's what he will do. He will not reject you. He will not t- turn you, excuse me, away. Hallelujah. He will help you. Praise Jesus. When you totally surrender to him. Hallelujah. So then he says in verse 38, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He was always doing the will of the Father. He was always surrendered to the Father. Hallelujah. That's why he said he wasn't going to do his will, because he was in total surrender to the Father. And this is the will of him who sent me, Jesus says, that I should lose none of those who have he has given me. If you are his sheep, hallelujah, right now as a pastor, he's working to help you. He's working to help you. Hallelujah. He's doing a lot of things to get to you. Hallelujah. You may not be listening to him. You may not be praying to him. Hallelujah. But he's trying to protect you as, as his sheep. And many of you, many of us know in our own experience with the Lord that we have gone through a lot of trouble. Even there was, there was time that we... Walked away from believing. Hallelujah. But Jesus ne- never gave up on us. My brother Chen shared something like that with me, I remember. Hallelujah. That at one time in our life, we, we, we walked away from Jesus. Hallelujah. But the Lord kept on coming to us through different people, different ways. He, he would speak to us. Hallelujah. And like he says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and follow me. Hallelujah. And we follow him when he spoke to us. Hallelujah. We, we, maybe we were slow in listening or, or in obedience. Hallelujah. Because obedience is one of the key we're going to be talking on Monday. Hallelujah. It's one of the key to the blessing. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Out of the seven key, obedience is one of them. And Monday we're going to be talking about these specific seven key. Hallelujah. To prosperity. To God's prosperity. Hallelujah. And, and in one of them... We're not keeping. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But today we're talking about absolute surrender to Jesus. Absolute surrender to him. Coming to him. Hallelujah. Bonus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 40. For my father will is that everyone who who looks to the son and believe in him shall have eternal life and will raise them up in the last day. 
Hallelujah. So when you and I believe, there are great things coming from God to us. Hallelujah. So this is why we have so much problem believing or so much headache believing. Hallelujah. Or, or it's so difficult to believe because the world is full of unbelief for sure. You're not going to find faith out there. Very little. Hallelujah. But when you look up to Jesus and you seek him, hallelujah, you will find faith. He will help you with your faith because we struggle with unbelief so much. With pride and doubt. Doubt always come into our mind. Hallelujah. This, this is really, you know, people say, is Matthew 24 really going to happen? Is the Lord really coming for his people? It, 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 you think it will be a rapture, maybe? They say, hallelujah. That's all doubt and unbelief, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But when we, when we surrender to Jesus, hallelujah, we will find out that in our surrendering to him, doubt and unbelief just start going out, out of our life. He's cleansing all that junk out of us. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And our faith is being increased as we seek the Lord, as we believe. Hallelujah. But first, there has to be our repenting in our life. We need to be repenting unbelief and doubt. Hallelujah. Constantly. Because constantly the enemy is attacking us with that. Hallelujah. So we need to be in constant repenting. Hallelujah. Now, this is why God gave us repenting because he knew we would sin. Hallelujah. And if we say we don't sin, we lie, the Bible said. So we do sin every day and all the times a day. Hallelujah. I know that when I go out my door, I don't have to go shopping or anything. I'm going to sin. I know I'm going to sin. Even in my house sometimes, I find myself sinning in my own mind. So the Lord gave me repentance. So I repent. And I put every effort not to do it again. But I find out that putting all the effort, all the effort that I could, I still sin, so I need to go to the Lord to help me stop sinning. And when I ask the Lord to help me to stop sinning, I find out that it's much easier for me to do it but than, than me trying to do it on my own. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was meditating. Hallelujah. How people in the Old Testament broke the law all the time. Hallelujah. But, you know, one thing I was meditating on the life of David. When David um, uh, killed a man and, and took his wife as his own wife, hallelujah, he should have been put to death. Hallelujah. But God wanted to show a, a, an example through David. Hallelujah. That God forgave David. When Nathan went and revealed David's sin to David, um, Nathan told David that God has already forgiven him. Hallelujah. So what was God doing, showing mercy before judgment? Because God could have just killed David. Hallelujah. And if he did it, the law, the law, the law just came to pass. Or God could have just, should have just gave David to the people and said to Nathan, here, give it to the people and let them kill him. Let them stone him to death. Because that was the law, right? They were under the law. But you know, you know God. God is a God of love. And he wanted to show the greater example, hallelujah, to David, Nathan, hallelujah, and the people, because it was putting, put it put in word for the people, hallelujah, was written, was written, hallelujah, hallelujah, for the people. So God showed them his mercy, hallelujah. So when, when they had the law, what God wanted them to do was show mercy. That's why Jesus healed people on the Sabbath, and the rabbis came against him. Hallelujah. The Pharisee and scribe came against Jesus. How can you do this on the Sabbath day? 
Hallelujah. And it's because they will more worship at the Sabbath. They they care more about the Sabbath than, than having mercy on people. Like he said, this woman, hallelujah, been sick for 18 years. Hallelujah. Satan had her bounded for 18 years, and he healed that woman. Hallelujah. So what was more important, Jesus said, that this woman get free from the power of the enemy or that you keep your Sabbath. Hallelujah. So mercy triumphs over judgment, the Bible said. So they should have shown mercy to the people. That's what God wanted. They should have shown love to the people. Hallelujah. But they show not to. Hallelujah. They chose judgment over mercy. Hallelujah. And mercy will always triumph over judgment in God's eyes. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So what are we supposed to show in this last day? Mercy. Love to the people. Hallelujah. And we're under grace. Hallelujah. And there's still people judging other people. Hallelujah. There are still people sending people to hell. Hallelujah. Yes, we, we may speak the truth and boldly, hallelujah, and, and say to the people, if you're continuing your sinful life, you may end up in hell. But who are we to be telling people you're going to go to hell, hallelujah? And this has happened a lot, hallelujah. But we're not called to judge anybody, hallelujah. And the opposite, we're called to have mercy on people, to love people, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. That's what we're called to because in reality, the Lord is having mercy on me and on anybody else. We are here serving him and his grace by his own mercy. Or we won't be here because we're not worthy, hallelujah, to go to heaven. We're not. It doesn't matter, hallelujah, how much we do down here. We're not worthy. But by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross, hallelujah, who will cleanse us from our sin when we repent, hallelujah, he can bring us to heaven. So by his mercy, we come to heaven, not because we deserve it. We're a, simple, we're, we're a sinning machine down here. All we do is sin. So how can, and we sin every day, how can we judge other? Maybe because we say the sin of that person is greater than mine. Hallelujah. Now you become a judge when you do that. Hallelujah. And that is not the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not even in the law. In the law, according to Jesus, he, God wanted mercy from them, for the people. But no one was willing to give mercy to anybody. Everybody just wanted to grab, this, grab a stone and stone the other person when they sinned. Hallelujah. So when Jesus used that woman as an example, hallelujah, the woman that was caught in adultery, hallelujah, he put her in the middle of everybody, and they brought her to her. They caught her right in the act, the Bible said. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, if any of you is without sin, cast your first stone. Hallelujah. And what, what was Jesus doing there? Applying mercy to the woman. Hallelujah. Bringing true reality into the problem. Hallelujah. Bringing mercy into the problem. Hallelujah. And if, 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 if they have sin, which they did have, because we do sin, hallelujah, who are they, hallelujah, to stone this woman? That's what Jesus said. Who are you to think that you can kill this, to stone this woman to death? Hallelujah. But when you got sin, who made you a judge of this woman? Hallelujah. And this is what we do. We judge people. And this is a great problem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And I love that, that, that when that happens with Bill Clinton, the president, hallelujah. 
Praise God, hallelujah. They wanted to impeach him, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. But you know what, hallelujah? Anybody that was without sin, hallelujah, could cast the first stone. No more than could have judged Clinton, hallelujah, because at least his sin was brought up to the light for everybody to, to see, hallelujah, or to know it, hallelujah. But what about their sin behind the door? Who, who knew about their sin, hallelujah? Hallelujah. And then they were pointing finger to him, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And this is what happens now and then, hallelujah. And this is wrong. God don't approve that behavior. Jesus did not approve the behavior of neither of those persons there. None of them, hallelujah, had the right to throw the first stone to that woman. Hallelujah. And Jesus himself, who could have judged this woman, said, Woman, I don't judge you. Hallelujah. He, he himself did not judge this woman. Why? Because he came to do the word of the Father and the Father's love. The Father showed the great example to David in the Old Testament. He forgave him. He forgave him. Nathan told him, God has already forgiven you, David. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And this is why he's called the God of David. That's why David called him my God. My God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because he's a forgiving God. And we have forgiven that. We have forgiven. Hallelujah. Forgiven that. We have a merciful God. Hallelujah. And the reason that Jesus haven't returned to the earth to get his bride is because there are people that need to be saved. There are hundreds of thousands of people that need to be saved, maybe millions or maybe billions. Hallelujah. That he still wants to save. So how can we say to the Lord, what is going on? Is this right ever going to happen? Hallelujah. Am I going to get out of here or what? Hallelujah. We're not having mercy on the rest of the humanity. Hallelujah. We can say, well, the gospel has been preached for over 2,000 years. What does the day want? That's just your own mentality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because think about it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. When you heard the gospel, in what condition you were? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you really, really heard the message, that, you, that, that this message just saved your life. Hallelujah. That Jesus used to bring you into his kingdom. Hallelujah. You think it would have been fair for you that Jesus would have come before you got saved and you would have gone to hell? No. You don't. You don't think that about yourself. So why is it so easy for us to judge the rest of the world? Hallelujah. When God is still having mercy on them, when God is still saving them, hallelujah. One of the things that when the Lord took me to his throne was, hallelujah, that I seen Jesus using this video that he had me put on YouTube and saving people through them. And he wanted me to see that. Hallelujah. How important this is to him, to God. And even though the Father was saying to Jesus, I want my people up here. I want my people up here. You should have seen the Father. I want my people up here. I want them. I want my church up here. I want my people up here. He was saying to the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what? When Jesus saved somebody on earth, and I seen this, and said, Father, look, I just saved somebody on earth. I could see the face of the Father, how he was melting in love for that person. Right? I seen the Holy Spirit smiling. And enjoy for that soul that just got saved on earth. Hallelujah. That's how that's how truly God is. God is truly love. Hallelujah. And uh, you know, you may you may say the Father is so mad at the earth because he is he is very mad of humanity because of their sin 
and not listening to his son. But you know what? Look, Jesus still haven't returned to the earth. He still haven't come for his bride. So what do you think that means? It means he still wants to save more people. Those that the Father has given him, I just read it to you. He wants to save them. He wants to bring them into his kingdom. Hallelujah. You might say, but how long is that going to take? It's going to take whatever time it's going to take. Hallelujah. We just got to be patient with God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We got to be patient with our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus says on verse 43, stop grumbling among yourself. Jesus answered, no one can come to me unless the Father sent, uh, who sent me drove them. Listen to this. No one can come to Jesus unless the Father bring them to him. Hallelujah. So who is bringing people to the Lord to be saved? Hallelujah. The one that we say is very mad at this earth. He is so mad he can't see straight. He wants to kill everybody. Hallelujah. But who's bringing them to Jesus? The Father. The same God that is mad at the earth. It's still bringing into his son for them to be saved. Hallelujah. He is the one saving them. Hallelujah. Because God is going to use mercy instead of judgment always. Hallelujah. Judge, mercy will always triumph over, over judgment, the Bible says. Always. Hallelujah. And that's what God is using. Mercy on people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God, hallelujah, for his mercy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 45, hallelujah. And I will raise them up in the last day. That's what he's doing, raising them up, hallelujah, from the dead. Hallelujah. And as it is written in the prophet, they will all be taught by God. Who is teaching people the word? Who is bringing the knowledge? God. His Father, Jesus' Father, God Almighty, is teaching people in these last days. Is bringing all this knowledge. Hallelujah. Because he said through the prophet Isaiah, the whole earth will be full of his knowledge. He's bringing his knowledge to his people. Hallelujah. This is all about God. Hallelujah. Working in us. Working his world in us. Hallelujah. We don't know how to do anything. So God had to teach us. Had to use us to do this. So what, what you and I need to do is totally surrender to God. Through Jesus Christ, hallelujah. So the Father can use you and I to bring others to Jesus, for them to be saved. That's what the calling is up in my life and your life, hallelujah. That we totally surrender, like Jesus did to the Father. We can totally surrender to him, so the Father can use us. The Father can save people. The Father can bring them to the kingdom, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. But in order for that to happen, you and I have to totally surrender to the Father, to the Father's will, hallelujah. Where we say to the Father, not my will, but thy will. And believe me, I personally have gone through this struggle. I've gone through this struggle, hallelujah. Where I think about everything in my life, what is happening in my life, hallelujah. And one thing the Lord uh, that I get from God is, just surrender to me, Alvi, and let me use you, hallelujah, to bring people to my kingdom. Hallelujah. Let me use you, hallelujah, so I can save people through you, so I can speak through you, hallelujah. 
That's all it comes from me, from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is what God wants each one of us to be. Then at that moment, when you totally understand what God wants from you, then you say to God, not my will, but thy will be done. Hallelujah. It's, this is very hard to get here. It's very hard to get to the point where, where you totally surrender to God. I'm not saying I'm totally surrendered 100% to God. Hallelujah. But I know I'm on my way. I know I'm on my way. And my way is Jesus Christ. I'm going to Jesus. I know I'm not there 100%. But you know what? I'm going to Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what I'm doing. Hallelujah. I let him know that I need him. Hallelujah. And without him, I'm nobody. I am nobody without Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And and I'm happy he's using me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm happy when I see him using other people too. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to get to the point where we say to God, not my will, by thy will be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 46. No one has seen the Father, Jesus said, except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life, said Jesus. Your ancestor ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Hallelujah. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone, which if anyone may eat and not die, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whosoever eat this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give. Hallelujah, for the life of the world. Hallelujah. He gave himself in total surrender to the Father for you and I without any hesitation, without any, hallelujah, without leaving anything behind. He gave himself totally to for you and I, totally in surrender to the Father. And that cross, he surrendered himself totally. Hallelujah. And it was just not because of the way the Roman crucified people. Hallelujah. It was because that's the way the Father wanted it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And it was such a it was such a great spectacle of what Jesus did that it was prophesied that none of his bones would will be broken. And none of Jesus' bone will be broken. Hallelujah. And even in the way he was hanged on the cross, hallelujah. You may think that um some of his bones would have been broken, hallelujah. But it was prophesied that he none of his bone will be broken, hallelujah. And they, did, and they didn't. They didn't, hallelujah. That's total surrender to the will of the Father. And then when you surrender, you and I surrender to the Father in this matter that Jesus did, hallelujah, we will find life. Because life only comes from God, hallelujah. You will find, hallelujah, that he'll make you a use of vessel in his hand for him to do his will and not yours, but his will, hallelujah. Praise God. And through that, by, by you surrendering to God, by you giving your life entirely to Jesus for him to use it, you will find joy in the middle of it. You will find peace with God. Hallelujah. Because there's only peace in God in Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. If you've been struggling now for years, if you don't know what the will of God is for your life, let me, let me, let me, advise you to start surrendering to God now. Hallelujah. Start surrendering your will to his will. Start reading the word and taking it to heart. Start believing the word 
and start confessing those things that are that aren't pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Surrender to Him. Let Him use you. Hallelujah for His glory. Hallelujah. Say to God in your prayer, Father, not my will. Say to Jesus, not my will, but Thy will be done. Hallelujah. And pray and pray until you believe it. Hallelujah. With all your heart. And then every part of you will desire it that only the word of God will be done in your life. Hallelujah. And nothing else. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. John 6.53. Jesus says to them, Very truly I tell you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For whoever eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. For whoever eat my, my flesh drink and my blood remain in me. Hallelujah. And I am them. This is, hallelujah, the important things. That not only you live in Jesus, but he also lives in you when you totally surrender to him. When you give your life to him and you don't think about you don't make no regret about it. You just give it up to him and you say to him every single day in your prayer, Lord, not my will, but thy will. Lord, and as you struggle with it, you ask him to help you to surrender. Because as as my brother um hallelujah, Andrew read, hallelujah, hallelujah from the Bible, hallelujah. That you cannot do this on your own strength. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. You need Rabbi Jesus to help you. Hallelujah. To totally surrender to God. To God's will. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he will raise you up. Jesus said in the last day. He will raise you up. He will raise himself up through you. Hallelujah. And will use you. And as Jesus died on the cross and was buried. And raised again on the third day. So will be your life. Hallelujah. Dead birdie with Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus will raise it up for his glory. Jesus will raise you up. And the Lord say to use you as a vessel who has totally surrendered to him. Hallelujah. Who had no thanks of his own. Who don't think about his own. But thinks only about, only about Jesus. Hallelujah. Because that whom you love. And that whom you desire. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And you will walk. And you, you just will meditate about him and nothing else. You will meditate on his word day and night, the Bible says. Then it will make you prosper. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then Jesus will make you prosper. Then Jesus will help you. Hallelujah. When you have totally surrendered to him. When you have given your life to him. Hallelujah. So him to use you. Hallelujah. But you have to surrender in order for that to happen. Hallelujah. Many wants to go preach and win many souls for the kingdom. Hallelujah. But they haven't, hallelujah, they haven't totally surrendered to the Lord. They haven't started, hallelujah, where everything, hallelujah, don't matter. What you want or your desire or your will don't matter. But only the will of Jesus. And when you get there, hallelujah, when Jesus gets you there, because you're not going to get there on your own. Hallelujah. You will only you can only start by recognizing that without Jesus is not possible. Hallelujah. And you get on your knees and you pray and you say, Lord, please help me. Lord Jesus, I cannot do this on my own. No by mind, no my power, by thy spirit. Jesus help me through your Holy Spirit to serve you. 
to be a vessel of honor in your hand, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Purify me, Lord. Hallelujah. Cleanse my life. Take all this sin from me, Lord. I've been trying to stop smoking, Lord, and I can't do it on my own strength. Please help me. I've been struggling with these sins, Lord, but I cannot stop sinning, Lord. Please help me. Hallelujah. When you surrender to the Lord in the prayer, hallelujah, and you tell Jesus that you cannot stop sinning on your own, and you ask him to help you, you ask him to give you his strength, you ask him to live the life that will be pleasing to the Father, hallelujah, and you, that Jesus will live it in you to be pleasing to the Father, hallelujah, and you surrender, he will take over your life, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, and he will lead you through his Holy Spirit to all truth, and you only can know the will of God when you have totally surrendered your will to him, hallelujah, you cannot know the word of God unless you surrender your will to him and you say to God, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Hallelujah. How precious that is, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. How precious that is when we can surrender to our Lord and Master, Rabbi Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Listen to this, hallelujah. In John 6, 60, listen to what the disciples says to Jesus. I'm hearing it. Many of his disciples said, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? They said to Jesus. And Jesus said, aware that his disciples were grumbling, hallelujah, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh comes on for nothing. Not thy will, but thy my will. Because the will of the Spirit is the will of God. And the will of the flesh is our will. That's what we struggle with every day. When you say, I want this, that's your flesh speaking. Hallelujah. But when you say, I want what God wants, now the Spirit is speaking. Hallelujah. The spirit just wants to do the will of God. The flesh wants to do your own will. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because the flesh is weak to whatever sin is going around. Hallelujah. But the flesh, but the spirit is strong. Hallelujah. So we're either walking in the spirit or we're walking in the flesh. We're either walking in the will of God or we're walking on our own will. Hallelujah. And God is calling you and I. To walk in his will, not in our own will. So for th- for that to happen, we have to totally surrender to the will of God, to the will of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God, who is God in Spirit, can work his will in us. Hallelujah. This is a process, hallelujah, that you can only find how true this is. When you surrender to the Lord. If you haven't surrendered, I want to invite you to go to the Lord and say to Jesus tonight, before you go to bed, Jesus, hallelujah, help me to surrender to your will. Thy will, Lord, be done in my life and not my own will. Say to the Lord, I am tired, tired to try 
to work, to trying to live in my own way. I am tired because I've been making so much mistake, so much mistake, Lord. Every time I try to do things on my own, I, I mess it up, Lord. I mess it up. But I need you, Lord. Hallelujah. I need you to help me, hallelujah, to walk in your world. Lord. I cannot do this on my own, Lord. This is almost impossible. Hallelujah. But I need your will. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I need you to help me, Jesus. And the Lord hears that prayer. Hallelujah. He will help you. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back.
Thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, the Bible said. We need that blood. We need that blood more and more every day, hallelujah. We need to be washed with that blood, hallelujah. We need to surrender to our Lord, hallelujah, and go for him. Go to him for help, hallelujah. Only Jesus can help us, hallelujah. We're a sinner, hallelujah, who God has given to us repenting, hallelujah. This is why we need to be on constant repenting. Before the Lord. Why? Because we're constantly sinning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, when Jesus was talking to the disciple, hallelujah, um, they said to Jesus, I'm hearing it. Many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Who can bear this? Hallelujah. They found that the word of Jesus was very, very hard. Hallelujah. To receive it. Hallelujah. And this is, the Bible continues to say, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this. Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Hallelujah. Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? What if you see me in my throne with all my glory? Hallelujah. With all those angels worshiping him. Hallelujah. What if you see him like that? Now, will you now believe? Will you now receive the word? Hallelujah. But when, because Jesus was so humble, giving this word, hallelujah, but not, not being prideful about it, hallelujah. Um, he was so humble, giving this word to the disciples, but a very clear, straight message, hallelujah. They could not, hallelujah, try to live um, a spiritual life in the flesh. They needed to be repentant. They needed to be going to the Lord to recognize that this fallen flesh, fallen Adam, that we have needs God help. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We need God more than ever. Hallelujah. So then Jesus continues saying to them, the spirit gives life. The flesh comes for nothing. Nothing good, my brothers and sisters, comes out of our flesh. Don't trust on your own flesh for nothing. Count on the word of God through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Remember the parable of the ten virgins? Hallelujah. That five of them did not have the Holy Spirit when they got up. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, um, because they took the Holy Spirit for granted. And the flesh come for nothing, Jesus said. So they needed the Holy Spirit. They needed the Spirit in them and strengthening them and helping them. Not by mind, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to walk this spiritual life that we are called to walk. Because Jesus was calling his disciples and is calling you and I to walk in this spiritual life. Hallelujah. But he knows that you and I cannot do it on our own strength. He knows. So the Father, that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. But a lot of us still, even though God has given us the Holy Spirit, are trying to walk this life in the flesh with the fleshly desire. Hallelujah. Not willing to give up. Hallelujah. Our own world to God. And it doesn't work that way. 
we got to give our will to the Lord. And then his will, hallelujah, can reign in our life, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So he said, the, the word I have spoken to you, Jesus, said, they are full of spirit and life. Yet, there are some of you who do not believe. So the problem they had, hallelujah, so much with the flesh was also unbelief. Unbelief is part of the flesh. It's part of you. Hallelujah. You need to repent that to the Lord. You need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I got problem with unbelief. Lord, please help me. And the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, will help you. Because that's why he sends his Holy Spirit. That's why the Father sent his Son to help us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And he went on saying to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to, to me unless the Father has enabled them. Hallelujah. Empower them. Hallelujah. Help them is another word. Enable them is to help them. Unless the Father helps you to walk with Jesus, to come to Jesus and let Jesus take over your life, it is impossible for anybody to do this. Because this is a spiritual work. And you and I are not um, familiar with spiritual work. Because we've been living in our flesh since we were born. We were not born in the spirit. We were born in this body, in this sinful fallen body. Hallelujah. And we learn the word of God through his word. We learn to walk in the spirit through the word and by applying the word to our life. Hallelujah. And this is all a process. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we got to totally surrender, people of God. We got to surrender to Jesus. We got to surrender to the Spirit. We got to surrender our world to His will. Hallelujah. So all this can be done. Because you know what we do when we don't surrender? We're fighting God. We're constantly resisting the Holy Spirit. And that's what He says in the book of Hebrew about, about our parents, our, our fathers. Hallelujah. That came out of Egypt. That they resisted the Holy Spirit because God wanted to win, bring His will into their life. And they want to continue to walk in the, on their own will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and they resisted the Holy Spirit for 40 years, the Bible said. They resisted. They kept on saying, no, 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 not my will. I want to do this. No, let me do this. Uh, and Moses giving them the word, but you got to be obedient to God. You got to listen to God. You got to pay attention to his word, to his message. They no, we want this, Moses. Just give us me, Moses, and forget about the rest. Give us me, Moses. We want me. Hallelujah. And we saw how God was trying to please them. Every time Moses went back to the Lord and said, Lord, look, they want this now. And the Lord was all right, okay, I'm going to give it to them. Hallelujah. But the main thing Jesus wanted them to receive was his word. The truth that was coming from his spirit. Hallelujah. And they find it so hard because they were not going to God. They wanted to do their own will. And this is what we do in the last day. This is what we're doing. We're constantly fighting God. Hallelujah. God is trying to, to, uh, to help us obey him, obey his son, walk with his son. Hallelujah. And the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. We, brothers and sisters, need to totally surrender to the Lord. And I tell you, this is not easy. I have this struggle all the time. Hallelujah. And this is why fasting comes into play. We need, hallelujah, to be going into fasting with the Lord. Hallelujah. Put in this place, hallelujah, until where certain days are not eating. Because a lot of time, what we do is eat. This is not good for us, hallelujah. We need to fast from, from food, hallelujah. 
We need to stay away from food. Hallelujah. The Daniel fasting is a great fasting. We just, this past week, this past um, uh, week, we finished the 21-day Daniel fasting. What a great fasting we had. The presence of God was felt very powerful. Hallelujah. So praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Join these fasting people, God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Join us when we call people into fasting. Join us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Your life will be blessed. Hallelujah. The Lord will bless your life. Hallelujah. When you join this fasting. These fastings are great. Hallelujah. Um, we're going to start another 21 day of fasting. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Not this week, but next week. Because I've been doing on two 21 days on the road. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a break. A week break. Hallelujah. We're going to start the following week. Hallelujah. Another 21 day of fasting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I usually fast anyway. And my own fasting before the Lord. Hallelujah. I got my own fasting. Which days I don't break. Hallelujah. Those are fasting. Sometimes I do it with water. and Sometimes I do it with nothing. Hallelujah. Before the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I, I do this. Hallelujah. And the Lord blesses me through it. Hallelujah. So I don't change it because I made my commitment with the Lord. Hallelujah. But I, I want to advise you to go into fasting. To seek the Lord. To, to let the Lord work His word in your life. Hallelujah. For you not to resist the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is so good. He's just trying to help us. Hallelujah. But we got to totally surrender to Him. Hallelujah. We got to give up the desire of this flesh. The, all the evil desires of this flesh are bad. They, they, hallelujah. It's real bad. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know, when you join this 21 Daniel fasting, you will feel the presence of the Lord. People have told me that. In the, in the moment they say, I'm going to join this fasting, and they present it before the Lord, they felt a strength from the Lord come down on them. They said, Wow, brother, help you. When we started this fasting, we felt the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's because we're all coming in agreement. And when we come in agreement, whether two or three are my name, there I am, Jesus said. So when you join this fasting, you feel the presence of the Lord right away. Why? Because the Lord, hallelujah, wants this fasting, hallelujah. He wants us to fast, hallelujah. So we, we got to do it in obedience to the Lord, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. We just got to obey the Lord, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we got to be obedient. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to take a break. My son, hallelujah, is talking to me, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My eyes will see when you're 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So this is not easy, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. It's just not easy. Hallelujah. But you know what? Hallelujah. We 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 gotta we gotta seek it out every day. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm not saying I, I'm there yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm on my way there, and I and I want it more than anything else. Hallelujah. I don't want nothing to distract me from seeking the Lord and doing the will of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because ultimately, everything we do on this earth, hallelujah, if we don't do the will of God, hallelujah, we have wasted all our time, all God's precious time, hallelujah. And God is calling us, hallelujah, to do his will. Because if we don't do that, if we go out through our whole life just doing whatever we want and don't do the will of God, hallelujah, we have wasted so much time which we could have given ourselves to God, where we could have surrendered to God, hallelujah. And God would have done so much through us, hallelujah. So much people would have come to God, hallelujah. And then, hallelujah, praise God, all these gifts they got in heaven for us, hallelujah, for doing the will of God down here, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. We got to put, we got to give an effort, hallelujah. It's not, it's not easy. I'm telling you, it's not easy. So much things in between, hallelujah, that, that, I mean, we can use so much excuses not to do the, the will of God down here. So much excuses. For that, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have time for this. Or maybe because I got kid, I don't, ha- I don't have time to preach on the radio or, 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 or see God or anything or pray or anything. All those are excuses, hallelujah, we're giving to God. Hallelujah. God wants us to surrender, hallelujah, and let his world work in our life. Hallelujah. Let, let his spirit, let his son, hallelujah, direct our life, hallelujah. And we, hallelujah, totally do this well, hallelujah. And this is what he expects of us, hallelujah. Total surrender for you and I, hallelujah. And, and we stop the excuses, hallelujah. And we, we can say these excuses are valid, hallelujah, because we can say, well, um, God gave me my kids, so uh, I can only give all my time to them because God gave them to me. Well, that's an excuse because there's time for everything, the Bible said. So there's got to be time for you, where you're kid and also time. For you to preach the word, hallelujah, and do the word of God, hallelujah, and seek God and pray, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So we cannot use our own care for us and excuse before God, hallelujah, or, or this and that, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. But we just got to be obedient and seek the Lord and let the word of God, uh, God work his word in our life, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So this is uh, the people on verse 40 hearing the word, some of the people said, surely this man is the prophet. Others say he is the Messiah. Still others ask, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Do not, this creature said the Messiah will come from David, the descendant, and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived, hallelujah. Thus, the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but not, no one laid hand on him. So, and on their own understanding... They were trying to understand, hallelujah, the life of Jesus. Because you always look at the example of the preacher that is bringing you the word, the messenger, hallelujah. You always look and to see whether he's really living the life uh, according to the word he's preaching, hallelujah. So they were looking into the life of Jesus, and they said, wait a minute. Wasn't this man uh, born in Galilee? And, so, and some of the creatures said, hallelujah, there. Some of them said, oh, isn't this the son of David or Mary? Hallelujah. They were trying to find an excuses not to believe Jesus, hallelujah. But he told, see, but they had no excuse because Jesus, his life was humble, humility. And he was just doing the will of the Father all the time. 
even though when he was quiet, he was humble. He was true humility. Hallelujah. There was moments he didn't even open his mouth to answer them according to what they wanted. Hallelujah. Praise God. Even though when they want to stone him, don't want to listen to him, he humbly walked away from them. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And we have to do the same thing. Hallelujah. We have to walk away from a lot of problems. When someone's trying to argue with you, humbly walk away from them. Hallelujah. Give them a testimony. Don't, don't go argue with them. Don't go insulting them. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't do that. Hallelujah. Do what Jesus did. Walk away from them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Although they want to kill you or stone you or slap you or beat you up, hallelujah, walk away from them. Let God, hallelujah, fight your battle. Because God will do that. Hallelujah. God is a God of, hallelujah, he'll fight it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And a lot of those people, the way he will, he will fight against them, by saving them, by bringing them into the kingdom. You know, this is why Jesus, even though when he was dying on the cross, and he had all those sin on top of him, hallelujah. He says, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they do. Hallelujah. How many of us do that, say that in prayer? How many of us, when we are being accused by somebody, or someone wants to argue with them, do we say to God, Father, forgive them, because that person don't know what he's doing? Do we truly say that? Because if we truly say that, we're walking in humility. Hallelujah. Praise God. But when we say anything else beside that, that's pride. That's pride. That's how we know we're walking in pride. And we mostly do, hallelujah, unless we're seeking humility, unless we're surrendering to our God, and we're letting our Father, hallelujah, well be our word in our life, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Then, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, by God working his word in us, and we're surrendering to him, hallelujah. We're willing to give up our life for God, hallelujah. Because you have to do that. You, God is going to get you to the point where God is going to say, I want your whole life for me, my son or my daughter. Hallelujah. And you got to say amen to God. Hallelujah. Or if you say no, then you're going to bring a whole world of trouble to your life. And this is where a lot of people are standing. Hallelujah. They're, they're bringing so much trouble to their life. It's because, I, I mean, I just had a brother write to me a few days. He said, brother, you gave me a great advice. I didn't even notice that God was trying to bring his well into my life. And all I was doing was fighting God's well. Because God has spoken this to me through other people. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because God speaks to us in different ways or through different people. Hallelujah. But if we are, if we are paying attention to hear what he's saying, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Then, hallelujah, we will seek his word. We can walk in his word. We will listen to him, and we will obey him. But, you know, most of the, the problem that people are having is, hallelujah, that they're fighting God. Uh, they, they might sound to you like they, they, they just want to argue with everybody. Oh, I just want to argue with this brother. You know, I just don't agree with Brother Alvy. I just want to argue with him. Well, if you, if you feel like that and you come to me like that, I'm just going to humbly walk away from you. Because I want humility in my life. Hallelujah. I want to walk away from pride. I'm telling you, pride is one of the biggest troubles we have on earth right now. Pride is. Hallelujah. Because pride, uh, pride means that you think you're right and everybody else is wrong. That's pride. Hallelujah. That, that's pride. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, taking over your life. You are right and everybody else is wrong. Hallelujah. You are right, and what God is trying to do is, hallelujah, it just control your life, you say. 
But that I'm not talking about control. When I say I sort of surrender to God, I'm not talking about control. Because that's not what God wants to do. The devil does that. The devil, when he comes to your life, is to control you. Not God. Hallelujah. On the contrary, God wants you to enjoy his life in you. That's what God wants. Hallelujah. God wants you to be free. He came to set the captive free. That's what God wants for you. God wants you to walk in love. Hallelujah. God wants you to love your enemy, love anybody up there who come against you. Pray for those that persecute you. Hallelujah. And who say uh, all evil things against you. Lying. Hallelujah. Praise God. Rejoice, Jesus said. Hallelujah. 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 Because great will be your gift in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what God wants from us, brothers and sisters. God don't want to control you. God wants you to be free. God wants you to enjoy your life. And you are not going to enjoy your life without God. Hallelujah. You are not going to. And if you've been trying to live your life without God, you can tell me hallelujah, how, in how much trouble you got in yourself into over the year. You can, you, I mean, you can write a book about it. Hallelujah. How much trouble you have gotten yourself into because of trying to walk without the Lord. And the law is not about controlling you. The law is about setting you free and helping you. Hallelujah. Bringing you into total freedom. That's what is absolute surrender is. Hallelujah. When you walk in total freedom with Christ. Hallelujah. And when God says his will, hallelujah, his will come with a great package. Hallelujah. Great package God brings to your life. When you walk with him in total surrender to him. Hallelujah. Because we got to admit, this, this, this flesh from Adam, it's evil. And it's evil as evil can get. Hallelujah. This flesh cannot get any more evil than what it is. Hallelujah. Because this flesh is so evil that if you follow the flesh desire, read Romans chapter 8, it will lead you to hell. Imagine how evil this flesh is. That if we follow the desire of this flesh, we're going to go to hell. I mean, what evil, what evil can that be? You don't, need no, you don't need no devil bringing you to hell. The flesh alone can bring you to hell. Hallelujah. So by totally surrendering to the Spirit, to the Lord, to God, he brings you into life, Jesus said. That's what Jesus told his disciples. That's what he was teaching his disciples. Remember that Rabbi Jesus is the greatest teacher that ever set foot on this earth. There has been nobody greater than him. There will never be anybody greater than Jesus. Hallelujah. And he was teaching his disciples. I feel his presence. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord's presence. Hallelujah. I feel his anointing coming on my life. Hallelujah. He loves it when we give him the glory because the glory belongs to Jesus and no one else. Hallelujah. The Father made it about Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about Jesus and nobody else. That's the way the Father wants it. Hallelujah. Even the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said he will glorify me. Hallelujah. 
That's what the Holy Spirit will lead you to, glorify Jesus. Because all glory, all honor, all praise, all worship belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for his son, his greater gift to you and I. His greater gift to Jesus. Hallelujah. We can have no greater gift than Jesus. No way, no way we can have a greater gift than Jesus. Hallelujah. And we need him more than ever. More, hallelujah, in these last days, hallelujah. So much trouble is coming to the earth. We need Jesus. We need Rabbi Jesus. We need to be walking with him and obedient to him, hallelujah. Our obedience to Jesus is our freedom in God. When you obey him, you become free. Free of sin, free of the sin of your flesh. We are called to be free. But it cannot happen if you keep on walking on your own will, the will of your flesh, you will die. But if you walk in the will of God, in the will of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, you will live. We are being called to live. We are being called to life. Not to die, hallelujah. But we got to listen. We got to pay attention to his voice when he speaks, hallelujah. We got to receive his word, hallelujah, with humility. Learn of me, Jesus said to his disciples, learn of him. Learn of me, he said to them, hallelujah, because he was humble. He's true humility. Jesus Christ is true humility, hallelujah. He is the greatest example that you and I can have. Not even our own parents can model Hallelujah, the life that Jesus walked on this earth as a human being, hallelujah. Praise God for Jesus, hallelujah. I am so happy to be serving Jesus, hallelujah. What a great privilege my Father has given me to serve his Son, hallelujah. Praise God, I feel his freedom coming up on my life, hallelujah. And I'm only happy, I'm only free when I'm in his presence. Because everything else outside God is trouble. It's headaches. Hallelujah. It's problem. Hallelujah. And he came, hallelujah, so that we may enjoy life. And that we may enjoy it abundantly. Not a little. Abundantly. Without limit. Hallelujah. This is what you're missing. By walking on your own well, you are missing what God wants to give you. Life and abundant, hallelujah. Don't miss it anymore. Stop working on your own will. Stop working, hallelujah. Doing what you want. Do what God wants, hallelujah. Let his will be your will. Stop fighting God. Stop fighting the Holy Spirit. Stop it, hallelujah. If you've been doing it for years, stop it. Don't do it anymore. Hallelujah. Seek the word of God for your life. Let his will be your will. Hallelujah. Walk in his freedom. The freedom that only Jesus, hallelujah, can give. Hallelujah. Praise God for Jesus. Praise God for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm feeling his presence, his anointing. God loves him when he talks when we talk about his
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.